0: This is a Lip Media Podcast.
1: Simple boots, simple boots, sip, er, I'm a doctor. i some bad hat hacker. It's a cool man, Get any of that? Not a doctor. <laughs> Bye, have a beautiful friend of your life. Clarp, no rebell, Clarp, no rebell. Hi, Good Goodbye, everybody. And so. Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that does to binge-watch, deep-dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Roderick Gordas. I'm Lucas Hale, And today we'll be discussing The Crown Season 3. Lucas, it's great to have you back again. <laughs> Thank uh, you so much. I appreciate you coming on now that Damask has permanently moved yeah. to India.
0: Well, I think we both spoke off the air about how shit she was, so yeah, I just no. decided to replace her. She was her. holding this yeah. holding
1: down. We now no longer fit <laughs> the criteria for lit media, which is a oh, shame, no. so that sucks. Oh, that's but true. No, it's Damask. Damask It is.
0: is. It's me. Damask Leary is my full name.
1: <laughs> it is. Because I don't have
0: a middle name, so it technically is my... Is that nice? Yeah. My parents... Both my brothers have middle
1: names. I don't. You should make up a middle name for yourself.
0: Well, when I was growing up, I chose Rose.
1: Damask Rose Rose. Leary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because
0: there is a Damask Rose and I thought that was quite cool.
1: Yeah. Very nice. Anyway. (laughs) Totally Uh, irrelevant, but... I'm thinking this sounds very like, Damask is back. It's like... For people listening, she just wasn't here for one episode. <laughs> but I haven't seen her in like three weeks. Two or three I know, weeks.
0: it's been ages. It's been a long time. Oh, I missed you, buddy. Uh, me
1: too. I missed mm, you as well. Yeah. How was your trip to India?
0: It was amazing. It was it was crazy. It was amazing. Um, yeah, because we went to find my grandpa's grave because he died over there many, many years ago, 1959.
1: Does this make um, you Indian?
0: No, it doesn't. Oh, um, my dad was born there. but um, Does that make him Indian? Uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> um, I don't think that's how that works. Um, Does he
1: not Indian citizen in any sense? No, he was born he's there? got it.
0: No, because that's what I thought. Because mm. I'm like, dad, maybe you can get all your taxes back if you've been paying Australian tax. But apparently that's not how it works. Oh. Um, because he did come back when he was six months old to Australia.
1: I don't know. i got to tell you, I don't know how uh, law. citizenship law works. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we found grandpa's grave and we... Spread grandma's ashes. It was all very beautiful, and we went to Darjeeling specifically, and it was a beautiful place, and the people are lovely. Yeah, a
1: beautiful, chaotic, Ooh. anxiety-ridden place. From what <laughs> you tell me earlier.
0: Look, the the traffic laws there are not great for someone with anxiety, but that's okay. You know, it was part of the adventure, and that was, that's that's cool.
1: Very cool. Mm. Uh, yeah, I've been. I got away as well. I went to Tasmania.
0: Whoa, what's the culture it's like totally there? Yeah.
1: So, so crazy just in, <laughs> insane like just w- walking another mm. planet no it was how do you uh,
0: survive that hour flight
1: i know <laughs> <laughs> the same zone when i got there i didn't oh, have to change my watch geez. uh that was oh man I tell you what holidays mm. are great just they getting away really good just yeah. disconnecting for a bit staying in a little I, I okay we're a tv podcast i stayed in a uh little like studio thingy that mm. didn't have a television Nuts. Now I still have my laptop, so I was actually mm. watching the Crown for that. While I watched I was some there.
0: Indian TV. Did
1: you? Yeah. Any good?
0: Oh nuts! I nuts. loved it. Yeah. There was one crime show, and because obviously it wasn't in English, and so we were trying to decipher what it was. Um, it seemed as though they had a real life police officer narrating some sort of crime he was solving, but then also acting in it. It was bizarre and very dramatic like a recreation
1: recreation
0: the- but with the actual police officer oh wow and he had a brilliant mustache yeah hmm, no cool. it, was, it was a lot of fun anyway go on
1: maybe we can talk about that i don't <laughs> i don't know that i've got much to talk about a wonderful place i just want to highly recommend if you have the means i say this a lot as a health professional holidays are underrated like people seem to think that like ah, uh, like taking time mm. off or even just staying at home it'll it will be enough yeah. There's something about, if you have the means, I know it's not easy for everybody, but if you yeah. have the means to get the fuck out, go mm. somewhere else. Because the thing about your home, right, is it's like, yeah, it's where you relax, quote unquote. Mm. It's also where all your shit is and everyone knows how to contact you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I
1: mean? And like, even yeah. if you're at home relaxing. Even
0: just like try, yeah, go camping or something Yeah, or
1: just something like absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, yeah, obviously people contact you, but also... all. Like, your bills are here. If you're sitting at mm. home, you're trying to relax. You're still thinking about, I need to mow the lawn or I need to pay that bill or I should really fix that thing. Like, mm. there's all this other stuff going on. To get the fuck away yeah. and be somewhere else and be somewhere that's, like, um, unique in a sense that you haven't been before does wonders for your brain. Mm. Oh, I feel so much better after a week away.
0: Can I just say? Yes. Like, there was one evening. I was sitting around the table with my family and I was like oh I better check I've got to check my email so I checked my school emails that was fucking st- within two seconds I was so stressed again mm-hmm. and then and then I just saw all these other emails of like bills that I had to pay because I've got so many bills at the moment I was like well this is just like ruined my night yeah so I was just like immediately so stressed and so angry and just like holding anger I was like oh way to ruin my night but anyway yeah so to get away from that for it, even It just seems to a give you
1: permission nice. yeah. to disconnect is to be somewhere that, mm. you know, be somewhere else. Being at home, your brain just associates your home yeah. with all the other shit that's going on in your and life. And you're like, conscious you're like
0: oh, yeah, all the things you should be doing.
1: Exactly. If you're at home. I should you be, be doing c- this. I it, should be doing that. Where, when I'm camping, it's like, well, I... I can't. Sh- I can't.
0: I can't do that. Exactly. So.
1: Yeah. We should get to our spoiler-free review of The Crown Season 3. Let me clue you in. Season in review... The Crown Season 3 jumps ahead only six short months from where we left off, so why do things feel so different? Has the status quo changed that much? No. Is the core creative team behind the show different? Not that. Ah, that's it. Everyone has walked through a temporal anomaly and has aged 10 to 20 years. Claire Foy, Matt Smith and Vanessa Kirby have all stepped aside, making room for Olivia Coleman, Tobias Menzies and Helena Bonham Carter, alongside Josh O'Connor, Aaron Doherty, Charles Dance and Jason Watkins as Prime Minister Harold Wilson. Season 3 of The Crown consists of 10 episodes, each coming in at around 53 minutes, and took us approximately 8 hours and 50 minutes to watch, about an hour shorter overall than the last two seasons. This new Season 3 cast will return for a fourth season, which is currently filming and will presumably air sometime in 2020 or 2021 at the latest. So, yes. before we get into our review of Season 3, Dimas, can you remind the listeners what you thought of Season 1 and 2 of The Crown?
0: I really enjoyed them. I had no idea I'd be so involved. Uh, I'd somehow become a monarchist Mm. through the process. Um, It's definitely propaganda. So if you're super anti the monarchy, um, probably don't watch it because it will convince you to love them.
1: Uh, That's interesting. I don't necessarily think it's propaganda. No, I'm not being serious. I was going to say, there's certainly (laughs) an effect. Affection for the idea, but I think they're good at criticising the yes, the monarchy as well. Um, it's antiquated nature. Yes, yes definitely, absolutely. Uh,
0: but it, yeah, it makes you empathise with them as people, which I think is always a nice thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed it. I love Claire Foy. Mm. I shit, forgotten her name, Margaret Young, Margaret. Uh, Vanessa Kirby. Oh, Vanessa Kirby. <laughs> oh, loved her in many ways. Mm. Um.
1: <laughs> That's like a too specific there.
0: Um, look, I've written some fan fiction that I would like to read for all of you. Um, <laughs> Slash and fiction. there is a new character I've added called Samask,
1: <laughs> Lady Samask, Lady Samask. Their house um, that Margaret
0: really enjoys spending time with. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I loved it. What about you, Brad? What were your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I was uh, similar to you. I just I was so surprised by how much I've enjoyed. The Crown Season 1 and 2. Mm. Well, Season 1 in particular blew me away. i will get yeah. a 4.5 out of 5. In Season 2, I enjoyed very much, but I thought I'd lost a little bit of a step maybe in the second season. And that probably had more to do with, I think, like that transition of Elizabeth from just being the the uh, heir apparent to mm. being the queen. It's just such a dramatic moment. Suddenly being thrust into it as a young woman. You are the, the monarch and the head of this kingdom or this um, Queendom. empire. Queendom. Thank you that's a better word for it, Mm. Uh, it is just inherently so dramatic. And then season two is a lot of ways becoming about like, well, now you've been there for a while. Mm. What's this like now that you've settled into the role? And season two is great, but I definitely enjoyed season one more. Mm -hmm. But now we're at season three and there have been some big changes, changing of the guard. I didn't notice anything. No? Okay. What's
0: what's different about it? Uh,
1: Damascus could you please give us your spoiler-free review of The Crown Season 3.
0: I can. I started watching this almost immediately after finishing Claire Foy's iteration and I did not like it. I couldn't shake it off that it wasn't my queen or my sweet, sweet Margaret. But I started watching it again after I got back from my trip and it was the better for it. With enough time, I was able to remember who these characters were without seeing the exact imprint of the previous actor's face. This season is different from the previous two, not only just with the cast, but in its focus. There's a reason it's called The Crown and not The Queen. We are much more focused on her family this year. In fact, there are some episodes when Olivia Colman feels more like a special guest than a star of the show. But that's part of this Queen's history. She's the stalwart, the never-changing. She's the constant surrounded by those that are far more dramatic. This show hasn't dropped in quality. It's still the show we love, just with a shiny new coat.
1: Very nice. I think there's a few things I want to touch on there straight away. I agree with you about this being called The Crown. it mm-hmm. makes a lot more sense. And in yeah. fact, in a lot of ways, it makes me forgive a little bit of an earlier criticism I had uh, about season one not starting directly on... On Elizabeth. On Elizabeth. Yeah. And it sort of started... It was it was a little bit of filler, but it started with um, pre, uh, King George. No, is that right? King...
0: I can't remember. Is it Edward?
1: Eh, no. No, the
0: other guy was Edward. I think it was sure. King George. It
1: was George away i'm worried if you're getting things i'm a really really good uh australian citizen here uh and then like and that makes sense to me now sort of that transition and, and mm. we're seeing as you said she's sort of the unchanging element here she yeah. is the she is like the uh her it's the start of her monarchy and yes it's about her but it's about everything's going on around mm. her by this time in her monarchy i hope this isn't considered spoilers She's just sort of chilling. Chill- well, she's not uh, chilling, <laughs> but she's like into the role. Yeah. She's solid and strong and stable. I, think I talk like, about this a lot.
0: Transformed herself almost fully at this point into the symbol that she wants to be, which is. Yeah, consistent with the crown. It's it's unchanging. It's, it's that thing that people can rely on. That's who she is, yeah.
1: And, and it's interesting because what you're watching with this show, and I think one of the sort of the points it's making, it definitely revolves around her prime ministers, right? Mm. Which is an easy thing to do based on how the system works. But it's a lot about like watching them come and go and yeah. come and go and come and go and shift and change while she remains ever present. Mm-hmm. And even like her secretaries. Mm. There's one point where a character we've seen since season one it's just like, oh yeah, they retired. Yeah. They're not there anymore. I hated it's, that, but
0: yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I I didn't mind it mainly because I was like, that seemed a bit of a shock, but maybe that's the point. Mm. It's like things change, yeah. but you remain.
0: Yeah, it's like she is the witness. She bears witness to all these things. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um you were mentioning that you were in India uh, mm-hmm. sort of while you're watching this or in yeah. between watching it. Now India obviously used to be part of mm, the uh the Commonwealth. Yeah. This is way off topic for a second here. <laughs> How did that feel, like, as someone who's come to like um, maybe know a little bit more about?
0: Well, it's interesting because when my grandparents were there as white colonialists, like missionaries, mm. like spreading, you know, God's word and stuff. Like, is there any? Quote, unquote. Is there any more of like a symbol of like white imperialism than like these two white missionaries going, <laughs> going to India? And you guys um, going
1: back over there and. Yeah. Spray. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, well, because when they were there, it was the late '50s, and I think it was '56. No, it mustn't. '52. It was earlier. Anyway, when India said oh. nope. Um. So, I I was wondering if there was any
1: resentment or yeah, if
0: my grandparents experienced. that And asked Dad, and he's like, oh, Grandma didn't experience that. Um, it might have been different in different places, but in Darjeeling, um. They they hated I guess the crown, mm-hmm. um, what that represented, but not necessarily.
1: You should watch the show. Real <laughs>
0: good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's certainly interesting to walk down these streets and see all these old buildings from like the nineteen twenties and stuff still there, and a lot of them just derelict because they don't really want anything to do with them. Like they were right. built by these people, and they're just like. Well, we don't want that or need that, so they build their own stuff.
1: Just moved on. Yep. Uh, speaking of transitions, mm. obviously we have our new cast, and you've mentioned that already. the The shock of that change. Oh
0: my god, I couldn't handle it.
1: It is. It's interesting. I, uh, first of all, how do you feel about the performances of the new actors, specifically Elizabeth? Uh, sorry, uh, Olivia Colman, Helena Bonham Carter, and uh, Tobias Menzies.
0: I, because I grew to really. Enjoy Claire Foy's performance.
1: Me too, in a really big way.
0: Yeah, and the intimacy I was beginning to feel for Elizabeth, I guess, and like understanding her a bit more as a person and I wanted more of that. I wanted to grow in that, I think. Um, And then I felt Olivia Colman's Queen was almost similar to that of Helen Mirren's in that it still was very – I felt distant again and I think that improved over the season. It might sure. have just been the shock, but at first I was like, oh, no, I don't want to feel far away from you or that far away from you again. Um, the Margaret felt very different.
1: Yeah, yeah. Very
0: different, which was slightly upsetting. Yeah. Um, and Philip was kind of the Philip that I recognize, I guess. Yeah. Um but I wasn't in love with Matt Smith's performance of Philip anyway. So, I wasn't as attached to that. So, I was probably a little bit more lenient with a change in Philip.
1: Yeah. Because um, I think that Helen Bonn Carter and Olivia Colman both give great performances. I wonder where the part of it, my problem with that transition or, or the, the bumpy transition that it was, mm. was that I'm very familiar with Olivia Colman at this stage. Yes. I'm very familiar with... Carter. Yeah. And so, we had Claire Foyle and Vanessa Kirby playing those roles. Mm. And I didn't know them from anything. So, in a lot of ways, they fully embodied those yes. and just became Queen Elizabeth and Princess Margaret. Mm-hmm. And so, to transition into extremely recognizable actors yeah. was- v- I, hard. My brain just struggled with it big time. Yep. And I like the show, the opening of the season- has a little bit of tongue in cheek yes, way of addressing this change as well mm. with the actors, which I enjoy that little cheeky moment at the very very start. Also, just
0: bothers me that Margaret has brown eyes now. But anyway,
1: well, yeah, there's <laughs> things like that are just going to be consistent. I understand like casting <clears throat> based off the talent you have available, and like I don't, I th- I really like what she's doing with Margaret, mm. but she doesn't feel like, a continuation of Vanessa Kirby's performance very much. Yeah,
0: I think it's a totally valid and great performance. Mm. It's just different. Mm. Yeah.
1: And similarly, it's the opposite direction with Matt Smith and Tobias Menzies, where Matt Smith was very familiar to me because I'm Mm. especially a big fan, particularly, of his Doctor in Doctor Who. And then Tobias Menzies, I've seen in stuff, but not, like, he's not top of my list, Mm -hmm. like, recognisable actor. And I really like his Philip. I think... Um, there's a lot of the Matt Smith, Matt Smith in that he's Philip, mm-hmm. younger Philip. And Tobias Menzies, from the bits I've seen, he seemed to really transform himself into a version of Prince Philip that seemed really specific to yeah. that character or to that person in real life. Mm. And I thought he was an improvement overall yeah. Um. In, in that actor. That's nothing against Matt Smith. He didn't do a bad job by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. I think Tobias Menzies just brought another level... Yeah. Um, An intensity to it that I really liked. Um, Beyond that, also Charles Dance was very recognisable, but boy, he's good. Who's Charles Dance? Uh, He played Dickie, um, the Lord Mountbatten. Oh, yes. And and he was Tywin Lannister. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that was hard because um, Dickie or yeah Mountbatten, um, he seemed like one of the softer people. I think. In I think the previous In season. the previous one. Whereas this one, I saw Tywin Lannister and I was like, he's scary. Um, but yeah.
1: There was a few times where he was like talking with uh, the Queen Mother. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is like Tywin or Elena talking all over again. Yeah. Or even his <laughs> moment with his sister Alice, uh, played by Jane Lapetere. I think mm-hmm. is how we say her name. She's great. She was... Fuck, that scene. There's a scene... Anyway, there's a scene. Spoiler <laughs> free. The scene exists. There's a scene yeah. exists between the two, and I was just like, "This is fucking acting. This yeah. is so good." She
0: was, am- yeah, they were both amazing, and I really wanted to see. As I was watching it, I really wanted to see like um, outtakes of them because I'm mm. like, I think they would be having a lot of fun in that scene.
1: Uh, the other standout performances for me: Jason Watkins as Harold Wilson. Yes, um, so good. Really, really like. Became
0: so invested in that Prime Minister
1: Totally right I
0: was like I fucking love you anyway
1: And and just in terms of like where this story is going This retelling of history To have a Labour Prime Minister for the first time Mm -hmm. The differences there in their politics Their relationship How they're treated by the public How they're treated by the media Mm. All very very interesting stuff I look forward to talking about him more in spoilers Um, The actors and actresses that played uh, Princess Anne, Erin Doherty And Prince Charles, Josh O'Connor How did you feel about those two? I loved them yeah.
0: I thought Anne was so funny.
1: I don't have a lot of notes on Princess Anne, but mm. she was like the breakout star of this season yes. for me.
0: And apparently, because I was speaking to my housemate um, about it, really accurate as to how she really? was. Uh, he was talking about um, one of the girls that was working in the palace at the time. She yeah, she was new and it was her job to kind of look after Anne, mm-hmm. um, who lives in like a bedroom like right next to the queen, because, like, they love each other. Oh, like, right. the queen fucking loves Anne. Um, anyway, so she was, like, looking after her, and she was ironing her underwear, which is, by the way, hundreds of years old.
1: Really? One thing
0: that my housemate always mentions is, like, how frugal they are. This is they the keep- housemate that has,
1: is very familiar with Buckingham Palace, by the way. Yes, he's
0: been there quite a few times. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so, like, ironing this, like, hundred-year-old, <laughs> like, underwear and she burns it she burns a little hole in it and she's like oh my god what am i gonna do and Anne comes out and she's like i'm i'm so sorry i've burned the underwear i'll 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 speak to i know they've got like a seamstress or whatever mm-hmm. in the palace like i'll speak to them to, to like try and fix it and, and it's like oh yeah, don't don't worry about it she's like i'll, I'll get you uh, another pair like, yeah, yeah that's fine and Anne walks out and then while this girl goes off to speak to the seamstress about fixing it she comes back in <clears throat> and the underwear's gone And just put it on Because she's like I don't It's a hole Who's going to see it Like She just doesn't give really She's not hoity-toity I suppose yeah, She's yeah. Just very Matter of fact And like It's fine Who cares A hole in This ancient underwear It's fine
1: uh, mm. And what about uh, Josh O'Connor As Prince Charles
0: Never thought I'd say this But I love Prince Charles
1: Yeah it's, He's a very Very interesting character I think they p- Place him particularly well In a lot of ways The second half of the season Is dominated by Charles More than anybody else mm. Um, which makes sense. Again, this is the crown. It's about mm. like the ongoing monarchy, yeah. the families. that changes yeah. and grows, no, you and you don't how have
0: to it's... wear it to feel the weight of it. And it's certainly as present. the heir
1: apparent, uh, yeah. there is a, an expectation there, and mm. a yeah, there's a weight on his shoulders. Mm. I also just think in terms of casting and performance, uh, Josh O'Connor is a very like he really takes on the posture. I, I don't I'm not super familiar with Prince Charles outside of like bits and stuff on TV, I guess, but. I like him. It's like a continuation of Matt Smith's uh, posture as uh, Philip a little bit, mm. and and a bit of Claire Foy in there too. It was like a good mix of the yeah. younger. I just kept actors. being like,
0: "Is this guy the British Adam Driver? Like, what's going on?" <laughs> there is definitely okay. a similarity there. <laughs>
1: Uh, But beyond the performances, which is, like, the big difference, right, is, like, the new characters have moved forward in time. Everyone's a bit older. Everyone's sort of had a changeover. A lot of the stuff that's made the show great continues to be great. Mm. Visual effects are incredible. There's some stuff in episode three in particular Mm -hmm. that is just movie quality spectacle. Yep. Um, And also, we were talking about in a previous episode about how much, like, digital trickery goes on to make these grand palaces and, mm. like, huge crowds and stuff appear. Fuck, there's a lot. Like, <laughs> a lot, a lot. And I said I wanted to see one of those, like, visual... Um, Uh, like videos that show how they do the visual effects stuff. There's a couple out there and they're they're? very impressive and I'll put them in the show notes as well. Mm. I don't know if there's one for season three yet, there is for season one and season two. And they are exactly like, like like it's a Game of Thrones level of like just extending buildings and adding thousands of people and like all sorts of stuff. It's insane. You would not believe how much of it is just not actually in camera. Mm. Um, I also just, I think I want to point at the visual storytelling that goes into into this show is really good. It's obviously really well scripted, like quite sharp dialogue. The performances are fantastic. But the show is constantly using editing and its shot choices to to say a lot. Mm. Whether that's like it's often juxtaposition, it's like seeing people like claw through the dirt, like get dirty yeah. and then switch to royal sitting in luxury mm. talking about the state of like politics and their and their country. Yeah. And just that disconnect is really apparent um or maybe a character is talking about someone's economic policies and how they're ruining the country and then then just being served and like dining on fine cutlery (laughs) it's like the choice to make sure a person can have their opinion their stance and then let's remember the context of the the reality where they are situated is very powerful Mm -hmm. and maybe I'm not going to say it's subtle, but I'm sure it's like, even if you didn't notice it directly, your brain did. Yeah. Like, it's that, it's very, very clever. The score is a little bit different this season as well. They've gone from those big, bombastic, epic horns, as mm. we talked about in season one, to a much more somber, almost sad score. Mm. It's very interesting the way they've changed it. It's like, it's lost the drama. It's sort of much more muted and like underplayed. It's sort of and I think
0: Melancholy it, to it. Yeah.
1: It maybe represents where the monarchy is at at this point. Yep. There's a lot of stuff going on around them politically, but they're maybe less and less relevant. They're just sort of... And things are stable, you know. There's n- there's no transitions happening in mm. who's wearing the crown or anything like that. It just sort of soldiers on. Yep. I think the music does a really good job of like reflecting that as well. And I'm still learning a lot. There's... Without going into spoilers again, this is Spoils for Your Life... A lot of talk about how Wales, the relationship between Wales mm. and England in the United Kingdom. Stuff I, as someone who doesn't live in the UK, would never know much about mm. at all. Fascinating.
0: Yeah. I, I figure everyone just hates the English, but... Yeah, everybody does. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah. to yeah. know the details of it, interesting.
1: And still the episodic nature of this show, mm. I, th- I think, is better Great. than anything else. Just every episode... While it might be building on what happened in the episode beforehand or even something from the previous season, it still stands alone. The way they bookend their shows or, or set up themes in the opening, in the cold open, and then play them off with a reflection or, or a, um, a, a similar shot or, or scene at the end. They just always feel complete. Mm-hmm. They never feel yep. like they're half done or a half thought. They're so well formed. So well formed. Yeah. It's so well scripted in that sense and well made. Always, uh, I think, yeah, very, very. Um,
0: you just feel impressive. safe in watching it. You're like, oh, this is
1: good. I just, I start an episode and I'll watch that code open and go, yeah. oh, I can't wait to watch the rest of this. And by the end of it, I'm go, I'm full. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to start the next one. Yeah. But I don't, you never left on a cliffhanger. You know, it's never about drawing you into the next episode. It's like, this oh, this is a satisfying good happen? story
0: every episode. It really is. Yeah. Uh,
1: almost every episode. I'd say mm. there's maybe one that was like, that was a weird one. Uh, but overall, yeah, I think I liked this season more than season two. Maybe not mm. quite as much as season one. Yeah. But I'm getting there. So my score for this one would be 4.5 out of 5 stars. Mm-hmm. What about you, Damask?
0: I don't think I liked it as much as season two, but I'm going to give it a four as well.
1: A four as well. It's a
0: slightly less four. But it's a four.
1: So you gave season one a three point five. So you think this is better than season one? Not as I good don't as season know, two. No man.
0: It's a, a rating system that I just I make up it in in my brain when I sit down. I don't know. Shh. Yes. It's not <laughs> a perfect system. That's fair.
1: So I, I guess at the end of this, even though you had some problems with like the transition in the performances and the actors and stuff, you still felt like overall the season well, now was solid. You're
0: convincing me that's a three point five. I'm going with three point five.
1: Three point five. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm, I hope the listeners have faith in me and, and the system. That It's like the crown, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, just believe in the system. It's imperfect, but the people behind it are beloved. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
1: Before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to remind everyone that if you enjoy what we do here, we'd really appreciate you sharing the podcast with others who you think might also enjoy listening. We also appreciate your positive reviews on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, whatever podcast platform you prefer. But right now, let's talk spoilers. You're now entering the spoiler zone. Spoiler warning. On this episode, we'll be discussing everything that happens in season one. Two and three of the crown. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of the crown up to this point. If not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You have been warned. warned. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. I didn't even attempt a, uh, Elizabethan accent or whatever you want to call it this time. Oh. I, I was pretty unhappy <laughs> with what we did in the last attempt. I apologised to everybody for that.
0: It was horrific. Yeah,
1: I've been subjecting <laughs> to that. I was not uh, willing to try that again. I haven't had time to practice. Maybe for season four when that comes out in a year. I'll spend 12 months working on that.
0: Good. To get an accent coach?
1: <laughs> yes, exactly right. I'll talk to Claire Foy about who worked with her. Uh, did, did you think there was any overall like themes or anything to this season? Because in a lot of ways, it felt like this one. It was it, it, like um, I understand where it, it picks up like six months, yeah. six six months, which is straight away that's weird, right? Six months from where you left off from Claire Foy, and like all <laughs> well, of a sudden you're Elizabeth. When
0: you told me that, um, when we finished recording season two, because we had screeners and stuff, yeah. and you're like, oh, so you know, I figured out the time. It's six months after, yeah, season two, and then I had that in my brain when I was watching it. I was like, it doesn't make sense. Like my brain just couldn't figure it out. Yeah. I'm like. Why did Claire Foy look so young? Like it just it blew my mind. Anyway. Um yeah, no, that was strange. As as to themes, I mean, I don't know. If, uh, there probably are um, amazing themes that I haven't had the time to think of yet. Um, but I guess, you know, we start and end with this conversation about her being the constant.
1: Yeah, know? yeah. And there's this I think there is a bit of a theme of like, um, expectations or uh, the like midlife crises almost, like mm. this idea of like, are you doing what you should be doing? Is Do you have another role you could be doing? Like, what am I meant to be doing? Is it this, this thing I've been thrust into or that mm. I have married into or this thing that maybe I'm destined to be eventually, but I'm being kept at arm's length mm-hmm. from doing and maybe you even have people working against me to try and not become that thing. Yeah. It's all about like, who, who am I, who's yeah. the person I'm meant to be, I yeah. guess, like that. And
0: I guess it's also about Yes, living in this never-changing mode mm. and how damaging that is, not only to the people inside it, but to the actual institution as well. This this idea that we have to be the same. Like obviously we have with Philip, he has this idea of himself and then things are changing and he's getting older and he has to kind of transition into this new way of being, this being an older man. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we obviously have with Charles, the kind of like he is stuck in this never changing institution and the institution is like impeding on his personal freedoms and I think we all probably know how that ended up. Mm. Um, and yeah, the institution's yeah, inability to change how much that damaged it in the end, not in this show just yet, but how much it will. Um, spoilers for life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you don't know, just, good Lord, um, the internet exists. Well,
1: I'm just very excited for that person. Like, they're going to get there in mm. season four, probably, maybe season five and oh, be like...
0: I reckon it's definitely... Probably
1: season five.
0: No, 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 season four.
1: You reckon by the time all of that happens? Oh,
0: all of it, yeah, true. Oh, they weren't married for that long. I don't
1: know. I don't know if it's going to be season four. I reckon it'll be season five because...
0: But they'll have new people by then, will they?
1: But season five, yes. Yes. I believe that'll be a season five thing. Really getting off topic here quickly. But the I think next season, from what I understand, and we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, next season is very much the Thatcher season, I think, and yep. the introduction okay. of Diana. Mm-hmm. But...
0: Perhaps the, the the wedding, maybe. I think
1: the wedding is yeah. very likely. Yeah. But and I then, don't think we're going to get to, because it's Blair, right? It's Oh, I no. Th- no is, is, is Blair the no, Prime Minister? No, Who's no, no, the no, Prime but, Minister... When um, Dana dies.
0: Well, how old were we? It was like 97 or something, right? Yeah,
1: we were still in primary school.
0: No, it was Blair. That's right, because he's in the movie. There you go. Yeah.
1: Uh, the movie I haven't seen. So, that's what I'm relying <laughs> on you, Demas. You're the historian here.
0: My history only comes from the film The Queen.
1: <laughs> Made by the same creative minds who make The Crown. Um, yes. And so, I don't think we're we'll get to Blair next season. That feels to mm. me like a season five.
0: Yeah, thing. you're right. That is the 90s. So, yeah, we've yeah. done... This was from 60, the middle 70s. of the
1: 60s to 77. Yes, 25 years since 52. So, then so we'll have we finished with the Silver Jubilee, which is a good midpoint. 80s, I think. early 90s. I, was, I thought that one. was very clever to sort of like midpoint of this whole series mm. is the Silver Jubilee. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that we've seen her coronation, Silver Jubilee, and probably get to a like, is it Golden Jubilee, wherever her 50 years is? It's probably going to be like the end point, mm-hmm. unless in the next three to four years... God forbid, the queen were to pass oh away, God. they may actually go to the end of her life. Which is always a possibility.
0: I love it. I love it. I hope so. I oh, ho- You
1: hope, wishing death upon our queen. No, no, no. I hope, I
0: hope it... Well, no, I just want it to keep going. To be almost parallel with her life. That would be amazing. Day to day. Because nothing's happening. Um, <laughs> no, and then we'll get like Megan Markle playing herself. Um, it'll be great. I'm down for that.
1: They could definitely, yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? You do your actors up to a point. Yeah. You get through <laughs> three different versions of the Queen, then she passes on. Mm. Then we need to put in either Charles as King or maybe William. Mm. I was having a discussion with a patient this week, actually, about, yeah. like, again, this idea that they might just skip Charles. If they were smart, he's just not relevant.
0: Oh, I see. We're I thought you meant li- in the show. i might like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah.
1: We as a country are more likely to become a republic, I think, if Charles is King and less likely William I don't if William know. After
0: is- watching this season, I'm like, you know what? I want you to be king, mate.
1: Interesting. Way off topic already. (laughs) Let's get back to uh, the Queen this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the more interesting episodes for her. And because, like you said, she kind of feels like a special guest sometimes Mm. this season. Like, she's in other people's stories, like looking from above on a window down on Charles or whatever it might be. Um, But one that does focus on her a little bit is Aberfan, which is Mm. just in terms of an episode, a tragic story about this horrible disaster. It's
0: insane. The fact that that. Slide the mudslide. Landslide, slide, landslide thank you. Just like direct path into a school. Mm. Fucking hell! If like if that story was completely fictional, I'd be like, "All right, it's a bit much." Jeez, Louise! The fact that and then I was looking at photos of like the Queen going there and like mm. the, the 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 helicopter shot of the town after it happened and stuff. Fucking hell! Awful. It's not, yeah, one of those things that I didn't know about, and then The Crown taught me about it.
1: The the only, because I, again, didn't know about either, didn't live through anything like that, the parallel in my own history, in Australian history, is Threadbow. Do you remember? Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, and Philip Diver and all that sort of stuff. That um, was... I thought it was Stuart Diver. Stuart Diver, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Stuart Diver. Yeah. Uh, and those parallels definitely, it was... a. A way of connecting Mm. to that emotionally, to remembering when that happened here in Australia.
0: Yeah, for those internationally, Fredbo was like, yeah, a landslide in like a snow town. Yeah, it was like a
1: skiing town. Resort
0: kind of thing. And yeah, obviously a lot of people died. Mm -hmm. And Stuart Diver was stuck underneath the snow next to his wife as she died. And then, yeah, they dug him out and it was fucking tragic. I can't remember mm.
1: how long he was under there for. It was a very long, Too long.
0: time. Too long. Too yeah. long. Yeah. Very,
1: very tragic. Mm. Um, But then this ends up being an interesting episode about, like, the role of the queen in, like, mm. national tragedies. Mm. But specifically about maybe her less than emo- emotional nature. Which is, because v- she's such a, you know, solid constant stalwart figure which obviously has its benefits um the idea that she maybe isn't as in touch with her emotions as other people Mm -hmm. the advantages and disadvantages of that are a really interesting conversation
0: Yeah. yeah her emotional repression repression is like obviously as a figure i think wilson says it like These are the things we need. Like, we barely need humanity from our leaders. Like, we need them to be constant. Mm -hmm. We don't need a queen to be hysterical. I mean, I don't love that term. Absence
1: of emotion is a blessing. No one needs hysteria from the head of state. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Um, Which is great, you know, for her to be able to, like, do her role in the way that she needs to do it. Like, not having a view a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, the implications for that in her family are, like, incredibly damaging (laughs) for Mm. her relationships. Yeah. Obviously, with her children, particularly the more sensitive one, Charles, mm-hmm. when he needs that and he needs to feel seen and he doesn't buy her. And then, obviously, I think with Margaret, she doesn't feel the love, I guess, until, until the very end. But, yeah, her inability to express her emotions has kept her at arm's length of many people in her life, which is a bit sad.
1: It was one of the things we talked about, I think, in the first two seasons. It's not like that show that gets to a high emotional place, you know? Sometimes a show that's full of drama, and there's plenty of drama in here. What you get is these performances of, like, people crying and breaking down and seeing that emotion. Mm. And that is not the character of Queen Elizabeth. We see her cry twice this season. Once, finally... Uh, while she's listening to the recording of that mm. hymn mm-hmm. um, coming from um, the survivors of Aberfan or the, the family of the victims, um, which that's why you get Olivia Colman, right? Is so you can have an ultra close up of her slowly developing a tear. Yeah, like that is that is what you paid for with Olivia Colman. And you well don't done think to that
0: her. was digitally put in?
1: No. <laughs> No, cool. I don't think so.
0: I mean, I, I didn't think watching it that that's what was happening, but it just occurred to me, I'm like, that's really fucking hard to do.
1: I think that's... I. You can watch it happen. You see right. her eyes go glassy yeah. and then the welling of the tears and then mm. finally, they didn't do that. That was Olivia Coleman okay. just being awesome. Olivia, being awesome, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, in the last uh, episode, when Margaret has...
0: Mm. Attempted suicide. Attempted
1: suicide, yep. I think that's Is what that we'll the say. correct term? I'm not sure. She's definitely overdosed intentionally. Yes. And she talks about having to imagine a world without Margaret. Mm. Um, and that's yeah, probably the only other time we really see her emotional to yes, that extent this which season. I loved, yeah. That that is I, mm. The idea that we keep recentering on these two sisters, That's very nice. It's it's a wonderful focal point for both mm. of them because they are. They talk about this, and we'll get to Margaret a bit later. But the ultimate tragedy of the number one, number two, who mm. were born in the wrong yes. order.
0: But were they? But but were they? <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: is interesting too. Like, like- I
0: think yeah, they both think that, and also don't think that they like can see the benefit of the other taking the other role, but the reality of that. Um, yeah,
1: Do you think she's... There's a quote that Elizabeth says. I think she's talking with Philip at the time. Because mm. she's asking him, you know, did he weep? And mm. he's had a quite an emotional reaction to what's happened. I yeah. quite like that conversation too. It feels like there's this alien conversation she's having. What do you mean, What did do do I weep? Yeah, Anyone who was there would have wept. I yeah. um, think
0: less of me just because I had a bit of a cry. Yeah.
1: Or, or just, yeah. Just... Everything about that is just mm. not a conversation that he is equipped to have at all. Yeah. Uh, I think she says, "I've known for some time there is something wrong with me." Um, mm. This idea that her lack of emotion is mm. like she's broken in some way—it's yeah. quite tragic and one of the more vulnerable things that she's ever said. And like she always seems confused by it. It's not. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting yeah, element to her character.
0: Yeah, speaking with. Wilson and she's she's going through all of the times when she knew she should have been having a certain response because the yes. people around her were having a response like that's during right. the blitz and that kind of thing and then obviously when she had children and stuff and she just yeah. You're right, it was a conversation with Wilson, sorry. yeah, yeah She just doesn't have it. Mm. Like she doesn't have, and that's not to say she doesn't feel, feel it. Feel it. Her, she has an inability to express it, which yeah. Because she doesn't, ha- she was maybe perhaps wasn't taught wasn't given those tools maybe but then you see margaret and she's totally on the other side but i think that's probably a reaction to emotional repression like Mm -hmm. sometimes you like overcompensate like ah why aren't we talking about anything and the other person adopts that way of being
1: the uh, you went and did some research by the sounds of it looked at photos of when the queen um visited Mm -hmm. sort of the site of the tragedy and so forth and there was this reflection that she got away with it, that she'd been there, mm. done her thing, but she dabbed a bone dry eye. And, like, yeah. did you get the sense that that was the criticism that was coming as well? Is that she'd put it on? It was a performance. She looked upset to me. I, I was, I, and like, again, I'm only going off what I'm seeing in the show, mm. but I was like, maybe Olivia Coleman is just too good at acting to not look like she's actually upset. <laughs> but I was like,
0: She looked genuinely she upset. She looked
1: genuinely to me. upset to me yeah. as well.
0: Um, and that's the thing is, like, I th- she was genuinely upset, mm-hmm. but she just wasn't used to having to show it, yeah. I think. So, The fi- yeah, like we said before, the feelings are real, the performance. It was performative, though, for others so that they could see her feel it.
1: I thought the argument just in general about why the monarch would not go to something like that was interesting. Like the way mm. that it was rationalized. Let's not make it about me. I'm going to be a distraction. I'm going to get in the way because every time, everywhere I go, I have to have this freaking entourage yeah. of people and around people me. People have to stop
0: what they're doing. Exactly and right. my presence. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yep. And even that line about, like, you know, we don't go to the sites of tragedies. We go to hospitals and, and visit the victims mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and I just, like, I, I, I guess I understood both sides of that argument. I understood yes. there is a rationale to what you're saying there. But it is interesting when your role is, like, a religious figurehead mm. that, like, yeah, got to understand how important... Or how significant it is for you to be there and to be a part of that yeah, too? Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, I, I often forget the religious aspect. I think it's of easy her to forget role. that. Yeah.
1: Especially because again, we live in under her queendom, but we don't. Yeah. We're not attached to that at all. Yeah, and
0: we're not. Yeah, religious no. or yeah, yeah. So it is. Yeah, that's a good point, One that I hadn't thought of. Yeah, but I like her rationale, which I thought was, you know, made a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, oh, that's good. And then obviously by the end of the episode, you're like. I's probably just like a lot of fear of not being enough for people who have already experienced such tragedy and then going and being a disappointment would be awful or to like yeah let let people down who have very little to hold on to at that stage.
1: Yeah, it does seem to be her like one significant like vulnerability or point of feeling not significant enough. Yeah, inadequate. Inadequate, yeah. that's the word I'm looking for. Mm. Um meanwhile, while I did say mainly we only see her emotional in those two times where she sort of cries, there was another time that she's a little bit emotional in the sense that she is like passionate enjoying herself in the episode coup when she's mm. off with Gallivanting. Porchy, gallivanting, galloping I love porchy. around. Mm. Porchy. Um and it's like a good name. A good British name. I love it. But just genuinely excited, Mm. invested, like thrilled by horse racing. She is so... That passion that she has for Mm. comes across so well. Claire Foy did a great job. Livy Coleman does does a great job as well. Um, And watching her sort of wrestle with what she calls the unlived life. Yeah. You know, the life that she was denied because she was never probably meant to have this. Mm. You know, this should have been... On another person's shoulders. David was the one, you know. Bloody David. Bloody yeah. David. And mm. that resentment that she holds towards him. Mm. Because what would her life be like yeah. if he'd just not been a fucking yeah. dick? I think like...
0: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Um, R.I.P. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. That, I agree. What a dick. Um, Yeah. I think Philip says it in the first episode when they're talking to the art guy and he's just like, you know, we're just simple country folk. like, Yeah, yeah. You know, I think he says like barbarians or something, uh, which is true. Like they they are just like, they love just going hunting and hanging Had out. Having little
1: picnics. Yeah.
0: None of them want to be in Buckingham Palace. They all love going to, not Windsor. The other one. The other castle, sorry. It's- but Which
1: one? <laughs> well, let's be honest.
0: It's the one featured in the Queen, the movie. <laughs> Where they go hunting all the time, Um, like they love being there and just hanging out there all the time. Yeah, they don't like, yeah, they're they're simple country folk, and she, you know, she's a horse girl, and we all know how boring and plain horse girls are. (laughs) (laughs) Horse people, Um, it's true. (laughs) Sorry if you love horses, but you know. I'm telling you what people don't want to tell you. (laughs) It's affected your personality. Um, (laughs) I'm going in on the horse, people.
1: You've had this Um, one lined up for a while. Yeah,
0: (laughs) It's one of my more passionate opinions. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's obviously she has great sadness around that um, and mourns the life that she didn't get to live. But it was nice to see her live it, if only for a moment.
1: And also, I, I think the again, it's the beauty of the way these episodes are structured. They're so thematically strong and mm. complete. When she's just had this conversation with Port, she's, she's sitting there. It's almost like she's really imagining what a life maybe with him would have been mm-hmm. like. Um, maybe how much happier she may have been. To think of that phone call from Wilson. I love that conversation, too, Ooh, where yeah. he's just like, you can feel... The dread, like the, he, the he is the noose is around his neck, mm-hmm. and he's calling out of desperation. Like yeah. uh, I like the way he frames it, though. You can you can see how like scared he is for his political yes. career, but he's also like laying the law. It's yeah. like I have yeah. done a lot to look after you mm-hmm. with my party, and I love
0: like at that stage, you know, we've gotten to know him a little bit more, and so we know that he would never threaten the monarchy if yep. he himself or. Yeah, his leadership, but also democracy wasn't being threatened in Absolutely. turn. He's like, This I don't want to do this, and you know I don't want to do this, but you need to fucking call your people and rein it in. Yes, rein it
1: in. And there is something extremely satisfying of having her come in and give another you know, little boy a dressing down.
0: Oh, I loved it. I love <laughs> I love it when she lectures these pompous assholes. It just it's such a satisfying thing to watch and like we you know we've gone from you know her first meeting with Churchill Mm -hmm. and how she was so uncertain and didn't know what to do and you know he you know he would give her a a subtle dressing down Mm -hmm. of like these are the rules and these are the things we can or can't do and and to see her now and how easily she just slaps them on the Fucking hand, like, no, naughty.
1: Spanked him good.
0: Oh, ooh. Um,
1: <laughs> this is what they want. This is what they're saying. Yeah. This is what, that's all they want. They want to mm-hmm. dress him down from nanny.
0: That's it. And she's the greatest nanny
1: ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's great as well because Charles Dance is so good at being just these incredible Demanding or, or commanding figures, mm. and to walk in and he thinks he has got this fucking sorted.
0: He reminds me of that, I'm so sorry I can't remember his name, but you will remember the guy who plays um, Saruman.
1: Oh, uh, Christopher Lee. Oh he reminds me of him. Yeah, like just
0: that kind it's of comm- similar even in the gravitas. Voice just, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Old British actors who you're just like I'm so scared of you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, it, that whole episode, I think it's the it's the most we ever get out of um, Lord Mountbatten or um, Dickie as Mm. well in terms of, like, seeing him have that conversation or, sorry, giving that presentation to his, like, fellow soldiers, Mm. like these retired, like, old.
0: They're uh, not soldiers. They're the capitalist pigs.
1: No, no, no. The uh, Initially, he's just giving – he's talking like Oh, sorry. yeah like I a, see what you're a The presentation. Presentation he's giving. Mm. He's talking about like when oh. we were at war and we were great and blah, blah, blah. The greatness
0: blah. of the, greatness, the empire. Exactly,
1: mm. right. And you can just – and the rah, rah. Like watching these old men Days who of can't mm. get out of the way <laughs> who – are watching mm. their country. Like, I think there's an argument to be made that things weren't going great for the UK at the time. Oh, like, terrible. It was going through a huge transition mm-hmm. in terms of what it meant to to be British. Compared but, to the
0: power that they once had, the, the, like the glory days that those men experienced.
1: Totally. But that inability to just step away and realize your time is done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then that to have this like coup building, you know, real threat to democracy, as you said, they will actually break. The democratic system yeah. just to make sure that they're still in charge. Yeah. To then get that dressing down, to then go and have that conversation with his sister mm-hmm. and like be told it's time to fucking step out of the yeah. way. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. I love it. She just like laughs and she goes, who cares? Like we're old. It's not who our cares? problem.
1: It's not our problem anymore. Yeah. Let them deal with it. Yeah. We're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah. Those
0: episode. like, yeah, the sequence of scenes are very good. And yeah, I just really want to reiterate how good that scene is between those two siblings.
1: It's so good.
0: Yeah, she's great.
1: They're having a great time. I agree with you. I'd like, love to I, see the I watched uptakes.
0: that scene a couple of times just because just her, the, her cadence, the way she was phrasing things, I the, how much fun she was having with that dialogue. And it's not a huge amount. No, But I just thought the performance was incredible. I think that. I I'm not sure if I've seen her in anything before. No doubt she's been in five billion things. Um, but remember I've, I've, stuff
1: we've watched. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. But I've I fell in love with that actress. I thought she was incredible.
1: Those two brother and sister have one scene together, mm. and in one scene, you understand so much. Yeah, like you just believe that they've had this lifelong relationship, mm-hmm. and they're talking to each other. You know, the
0: Battenbergs. Yeah, mm.
1: it's it's sensational. So good. The
0: things they've gone through, geez, Louise.
1: Uh, the final sort of moment for Elizabeth this season is the Silver Jubilee, mm. and sort of coming to the middle of her reign, I guess, in a way. Um, and we, I we like to think
0: of it as the first quarter.
1: First quarter. Well, she's going to live forever, so <laughs> <laughs> she's outlive us. Yes, no exactly. doubt about it. It's
0: going to be her and the cockroaches left. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, but. We've, we're going to get to sort of talking about midlife crises a little bit later with Philip. And this is sort of hers in a way. She's worried about like, um, what's, the, what's the mood, I guess, as she goes into the Silver Jubilee? There's a, this idea that is she going to be celebrated? How relevant is she? Yeah,
0: I mean, her fear is she's like, well, I haven't done anything. Yeah. You, know, you look at like all the things that her father experienced with the war and, you know, that was a real defining moment, a transitional period for um, Britain. And she's like, well, it's well, it's been relatively fine,
1: like nothing, nothing. If anything, at, at it may maybe even a slow decline, depending on how totally. you want to. Totally, which is
0: you know, and her mum kind of speaks to that not this season, but last season when she's like, what are they going to put us through? Like, it's it's all going away, mm-hmm. and and it is, so it slowly is. Um, but I suppose when you're in it, it probably feels a lot different. Mm-hmm. It's not quite as you can't see it as clearly, but yeah, she's like, oh, you know, I haven't done anything. It's like, well, well, times are changing, you know, not actively in wars. Um, it's it's karma, and she is a calm monarch.
1: We talk about like the irrelevancy of the monarchy now. Mm. Do you think like, and we, we haven't gotten up to the Diana stuff and all that's, that's coming. Mm. Do you think there's anything she could have been doing better as a leader or as a monarch through this period? Like if she was, we're gonna get to Margaret in a second too. Margaret is this sort of shining light; mm, mm-hmm. she sparkles, as they say a lot. Yeah. Would it? If, would she have been better in that role? Would the monarchy have been better off if they had someone like Margaret in there, or is it better that they just had this mm. stalwart? I think, particularly figure?
0: during that period of time when England is really suffering, particularly economically, mm-hmm. if you had a. Sp- Sparkling Queen, Mm. being all fancy pants, Mm -hmm. would have been dismantled very quickly. I think, yeah, I think you know. Whenever times are tough, people often turn to the monarchy, the royal family, and like, oh, they're so wasteful; they cost us so much money. Mm -hmm. Well, like, get rid of them, get rid of them. Like every time the like economy, the British economy sucks. That's what people do, yeah, because they see it's a big hole. You know, where a lot of tax money is going. Sure. Uh, which is true. Though, to be fair, I think they bring in a lot of money. Well, that's
1: always the argument, right? It's like, what do they bring in in terms of like, there's the, uh, in terms of like foreign affairs, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, like the diplomatic side of things, mm-hmm. there's something there. Tourism, but also, like, tourism is the big thing, huge. I think. It's like, you think about how important, how much yeah. they are a part of that. When I
0: think, I think there's, Perhaps for some people, not an appreciation for how much the, the idea of Britain, of England,, yeah. h- how much that is wrapped around the royal family, for a lot of foreigners, because it's a huge thing. Like when I think of like that stiff upper lip, like mm-hmm. that kind of culture, I think of the royal family and it's like a trickle-down thing. That may not be true, but that's how me as a foreigner,
1: I see it. It's like a living museum in a way, though. Like they talk about off in this as well as particularly back in Claire Foy's and thing is like jealousy all Jealousy that these- like
0: Australia doesn't have a royal. I mean, I know they're our royals technically, but you know what I mean. Like I, I want that living history. You know what I mean? Like, sure, it seems fucking cool to me. That stuff.
1: Like cool isn't necessarily where I'm going with this. Okay, but the but in general, I just think like there was a period where all these monarchies were going down, right? Where like these nations were becoming democratic mm. and like. You know, the UK has a democratic process as well. It's yeah. the way it's set up, it's a constitutional monarchy, it's they different. Juggled it
0: differently. It, they yeah. they may
1: to make that work in its own way, but the um but they do they are like a living museum of the past. Mm-hmm. This is not something we consider when we talk about like the leading countries of the world these days. Mm. Is they are that they have these royal bloodlines that exist mm-hmm. at the top of the tree. Yeah. There is something unique and Yeah, it's like a living museum, as I said, something to reflect back on and look at that as a curiosity in a lot of ways. And that has a weird value.
0: It absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah, like when I go to places overseas and you see things that are ancient and Mm. beautiful and like, you know, obviously, but so foreign to what we have here because what was ancient here has been destroyed by white people. Mm Mm-hmm unfortunately. Oh, by the way, I've been reading Dark Emu. Everyone should read it. It's amazing. Yeah, I need to get on that as well. Um, yes, you can Google it because it's not relevant to the conversation right now, but you should, everyone should Maybe buy it. Maybe
1: it's interesting about Australian history and uh, British imperialism. Yes. Mm.
0: And all the things that we fucked up anyway. Yep. Um, <laughs> but yes, and you go to those things and I, you just marvel at it because, I don't know, I think all that stuff's really cool.
1: And if they went away, what would New Idea have to talk about? Exactly. You know? exactly. What would the gossip magazine talk about? <laughs> Let's talk about Princess Margaret. She kind of, j- really, it's interesting actually, Margaret's just sort of like, I suppose they do this in the first couple of seasons, but there's a couple of episodes, mm. but they're very Margaret heavy mm-hmm. episodes. Mm-hmm. The first one being episode two, Margaretology, I believe it was, which is kind of like, what which just hap-
0: reminds me of the Paula... Abdul song, Fibology, but okay. Moving on, sure. It's a uh, great song.
1: <laughs> um, where Margaret is asked to step into a diplomatic role, mm-hmm. what well, I like to call it the mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I've glad
0: you've given it a name fucking, for some reason.
1: Well, it just like the way they present it. They it's yeah. like the, she's got an interesting theme as well, well in was, this.
0: Yeah, Mission Impossible
1: stuff, I would say it's almost like Bondish in a mm. way. It's 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 sadder than that, but it's got. It reminds me of like some of the James Bond like theme for some reason. Really weird. It's, it's in there in the music anyway. <laughs> yeah. hard, to, hard to describe because I'm not a musical person. But anyway, um, the, I fucking love this episode mm-hmm. so it's much. A episode, yeah. It is entertaining and fun and very revealing mm-hmm. about everyone involved.
0: One of my favourite lines is in that episode, which um, Elizabeth... Is getting the rundown of what happened. Yes, and um, that, that Wilson's sequence. like, it's great when they're doing the limericks and Paul Wilson is recounting them. Yes, and she's like, oh, well, you've, you've come this far, like, but that's not <laughs> the line. But yeah, she's hearing everything. I think actually, it might be she's hearing it from Martin. Anyway, she's obviously everyone is loving Margaret in America. Mm-hmm. And she gets up and she's like, oh, I'm a queen, not a saint. And just walks off because she, you know, she's jealous that everyone fucking loves Margaret. But you can see why in this episode.
1: And then the ultimate tragedy, like th- th- there's a big discussion about like, yes, number one, number two, but born in the wrong order. Mm-hmm. And start with the two young princesses. Mm-hmm. And like, we get to see Tommy again.
0: We do. Briefly. Tommy.
1: Always enjoy a bit of mm. Tommy. Uh, and young Elizabeth being told, you know, you're now the heir apparent and we're not going to make this mistake again. You're going to be ready for this role. Mm-hmm. And then her going back to Margaret and being like, I don't want to do this. And I'm like, I'll do it. Yeah. Let me do it. <laughs> I'll chat to him it. tomorrow. Yeah. And they're going to make me go. It's so claim. perfect.
0: She's like, yeah, no, it's fine. I'll talk to Tommy. <laughs> we'll have a little sit down, a tete-a-tete, and we'll sort it out. Don't worry. That's hilarious.
1: Um, and then she does this amazing job in the US. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun to watch. And it's so thrilling to see her sparkling, you know, and just doing this thing that she's so naturally gifted at doing. And then getting back and going, let's same conversation she was having when they were kids. Yeah. Let's share the role. Mm-hmm. I am underwhelmed, underserved. I, I've got all these talents that are going to waste. Yeah. You don't love doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. you could do to share a little bit of this Go and you can go play with your horses a little bit more. <laughs> and I'll do some of this yeah, stuff sometimes. Like,
0: you're overworked, I'm underworked. It let's...
1: seems like the perfect solution. Mm. And then... Good old Philip. Fucking Philip. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. He walks
0: in he's like your sister's crazy, rolls his eyes and walks out again. Yeah. So he
1: said it has two points. Yeah. Number one is that life is un- is unequal. Mm-hmm. And therefore, this is an accurate representation of that, and should not be changed. Yeah, uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> the idea that that's
0: easy when you're standing says- at the top of the heap. You know what I mean? Like, it's very easy to have that perspective and to continue. Yeah, that shit. Yeah,
1: his li- his literal line is, "We were not born equal." And it's like uh, there's a part of me that like thinks there is an argument made there about like. Um, but like natural leaders or something like that. Mm. But, but uh, the, the sentiment that comes across is like, "Fuck you, mate." I mean, what are you trying to it comes say? Come from a
0: family of Nazis. Let's remember that. Let's Do remember
1: that. And then he goes on to talk about let's not delude ourselves that serious diplomacy that that serious diplomacy could be achieved with drinking and dancing. Right. So he's talking about like yes, she was the right person in this role this time. Maybe she even got lucky. Mm. But ultimately, you could not run a country with her as the monarch. With her yes. spontaneity and her... Yeah,
0: which, sure, like the day-to-day sitting down, sure. sure. But like when it comes to diplomacy and the role of the monarch, all sh- it's just dinners mm. and parties. That's what it is. Species. So Yeah, why couldn't she, you know, send Margaret world tour, constant world tour of just like parties, dining, you know, foreign diplomats, very excited to have someone from the royal family. I think she she would have been great at it.
1: the the bit that's frustrating as well is that like I think he's commenting on some of her traits that maybe come from the fact that she has been stifled yeah. for so long. It's like my, like her alcoholism. I, yeah, like all a lot of things that maybe with experience and like, mm-hmm. and the opportunity to do this more often. Yeah. Some like a would lack not of ability. Yeah, the
0: fact that she hasn't had to use those things because no one has asked her. For anything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I also just think it's rich coming from... We've just come... Just looking at this, the way it's presented to us. Mm. Season two, uh, there's a whole diplomatic mission that the Queen goes on where she goes to an African nation and Mm -hmm. then (laughs) dances with the fucking... Yeah. uh, Whoever it is, the leader of the nation Mm. to solve a diplomatic issue. Yeah. She literally did dancing and drinking. Mm -hmm. and
0: And, like, when... That is an issue to, like, connect... With a foreign party in that that way. Send Margaret. Send fucking Margaret. She's great at it. Bloody Philip. But I did like the speech just about the, yeah, the two heads, the two parts of that family. The Windsor family. Yeah. The
1: idea of the, I love when he's going through them all. It's like your father, Dull. (laughs) Dull. Yeah, it's like the one, his father, <laughs> deathly dull. It's like, what about Queen? What's her face? Ditch water. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> Poor like, Elizabeth's
0: face. She's like, oh, fucking hell. And, it's
1: like, and then it ends with me. It's like, yeah. yes, yes, dull, <laughs> steady, like heroic, you know, yeah. stable, all mm-hmm. these sorts of things that make you a great leader.
0: Uh, one thing I love, also in that episode, deathly I think, when they're watching Margaret on the telly and she's she's talking about how she would have she would like to be dazzling. And he's like, you are dazzling dazzling cabbage. Cabbage, you know, it's yeah. Just and so the little cute. laugh that she has as oh, well. Do they're you so cute together?
1: Well, I was gonna ask that. How do you feel, just to get off topic for a second, how do you feel about Elizabeth and Philip as a pair, as a married couple, mm. by season three?
0: She seems in this season less um what's the word I'm looking for? Almost less intelligent with him, like, less sharp with him than she has been previously. Like, she seems much more like a loving, doting wife with him in moments where he is – you see him charm her, Mm -hmm. I guess, whereas in what we've experienced in the season, particularly the season before Mm -hmm. where they've gone through so much and they really feel like a couple where now they feel like an old couple.
1: Yeah, I I think they're both smarter about how they approach one another. How they
0: speak to one another. and Like,
1: one of my favorite moments is for Philip in terms of how he's learning, maybe Mm. to play or to be a husband a bit better. Is at the end of Koo. Much more of a husband this time. Yeah. yeah, At the end of Coup episode, she's come back from all this time spent with Porchy and like, Mm. you know, playing with, with the horses and stuff like that. And like he comes in, it's like, oh, you're back. It's like, and he's like, and Port's gonna be around more. And rather than do the thing he would have done, I feel like, which is make an accusation and yeah. start a fight.
0: Or he, make her feel bad by doing something dumb. Yeah.
1: He makes a declaration of love. Yes. Fights for her, not against her, goes over and kisses her. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, I'll see you upstairs. They're gonna yeah, get on. And she does fuck this. You. And she does this little like it's the most clerfoy I've seen of her as mm-hmm. well. She seemed like girlish for a moment mm-hmm. there. Um and I was like, that if that's a yeah. reflection of where they're really well, at, that's
0: she's a settled monarch, he's much more of a settled husband. I and, think so. Yeah, and just totally. in
1: general, I think, yeah, they're 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 yeah they are
0: very cute together. They are also, really cute um, together. Oh, you adorable little cabbages. Mm. <laughs>
1: cabbages. Uh the other episode for Margaret is obviously the last one. Pre oh. decur. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about that one, Damask?
0: Um, no, I don't want to talk about it's very Oh Margaret, poor Margaret! Um, it's like
1: a continuation of. I mean, it's like the trilogy, right? Of these fuck uh, Tony, fuck Tony him. episodes, right? Yeah, yeah, piece
0: of shit. It made me so angry watching it. He's, oh, he's so. I mean, they both shit. are, I guess, but like he's so manipulative, particularly like to her family, and so she's so yeah. isolated. She can't talk to them about the relationship because they're like, "We love Tony. He's mm-hmm. great." Um, and then when Elizabeth. Calls him in for a little meeting And he's like You know Well I I was totally Willing to come back And you know Work on the marriage But have you seen What she's doing After he's just come back From like a trip With his fucking girlfriend mm. Anyway um, Let's focus on Margaret It's oh, Before
1: Before just mm. the last minute Bit on Tony I think for me Like he's always been A complete manipulative yeah. And abusive He's gross Guy I could not get over That note he left in her book Oh <sighs> There is something so... Which is so a thing that he does. Disgusting oh. and cruel. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like love notes that you leave for somebody, just a little, like, mm-hmm. reminder that you care about them can be so affecting, yeah. can be so important. Out of nowhere, just they took the time to make an, yeah. the effort to just remind you how much they care when, about yeah. you. When so someone to leave,
0: does anything that, like, you're, they're not around, but just... You're this loved. is for you. You're loved.
1: I'm not here to receive that. This is yeah. for you because I want you to remember this, right? Yeah, I
0: don't even need to see it, but I want you to know. That so to loved.
1: to make the effort to write something so cruel and then to leave it in a place that you know they're going to find it mm-hmm. in a private moment, it's so fucked. It's fucked. I love Helen Bottoms Carter's performance in that. Oh, just like she so doesn't know sad. what to do. Like mm-hmm. she just has to go to sleep because I can't deal with whatever the fuck just got. Mm-hmm. I just found. Yeah. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah.
0: And it's it's interesting, you know, when she comes back from her, her playing in happiness for mm. a little bit and she comes back and they start fighting. And I understand that, like, it's played as though, like, they're both in it. They're both playing that game or whatever. But, like, to be constantly, like, beaten down like that. Mm. And, of course, you're always going to want... To be around him for validation, in case one day he might give it to you, right? And like that's the dynamic you have. And you're like, well, this is a relationship. This is this is what love is. And we, I think I can, as she says to her friends, like I think I can both say that we we both want it to be like this. Mm. And I'm sure she believes that. But like this is after like years and years of being manipulated, told you fucking shit. She already has an inferiority complex. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's fucked up.
1: The I'm just thinking of that scene where they, you know, they come back and he's there, mm-hmm. deliberately put himself there to confront her, yeah. And then like the, yeah, the way like yes, they both get in each other. The, the drama is something that's built in, built into them. And mm-hmm. I do, like you were saying, I do believe that to, on some degree, even if they're both wanting to move on and see other people, whatever that is, mm. that of course they're a little bit invested in their marriage still. Like that bit where he's developing the photos and his girlfriend comes mm. in and he's like, do you want me to jump for joy? Like, this is yeah. my wife yeah. who's with somebody else. Yeah. Now, that's a complete fucking, it's bullshit st- double standards. Yeah, But of course that there is an investment in that, mm-hmm. whatever that is. But the, so that they fall back into that weird, gross fight slash, I don't know what, it, what you want to call it. Mm. That dance that they do before Roddy leaves. Yeah. Is it Roddy? Whatever yeah. it is. I, it's hard to know who to I mean I I blame him but yeah I yeah, I don't know it's everyone it's so messy everything about it is so messy and gross mm. and it's just like ugh, uh. Yeah it's
0: in- incredibly un- unhealthy and yeah, it's that's sad, the word. it's sad to watch um yeah it's it's just terrifying I think cuz what we know of Margaret is that she so more than anyone just so wants to be loved mm-hmm. and she met a man that made her <clears throat> feel special um, and because she fell in love with him is now stuck in a marriage where she's perpetually told that she's not special mm. and that's the tragedy of it.
1: Um, in terms of how this ends, obviously, with sort of the moment between Elizabeth and Margaret, how do you, how do you feel about them as, as a pair, though? Like, they do we, do we get enough time with them to really believe their connection like, they're obviously, those sisters, they've obviously got a mm. shared experience and there is an affection there. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It doesn't feel like they. There's just been so much that's kept those two apart at loggerheads. Yeah. Their entire <laughs> lives, especially mm. since Elizabeth became Queen. Yeah.
0: I think, yeah, it's it speaks to what we've experienced with Elizabeth, particularly in this season, where she can't express the things Mm. that she wants to express. And I think that has been hard on both of them, that that distance that has existed, that she thinks is necessary in order for her to be the queen. The queen, yeah. Um, And so she has been cruel and unfair to this person that she loves most in the world. And I think that's probably, it's almost like, you know, when she doesn't want to go to Aberfan, you know, she doesn't... She knows that she can only give so much and so she's. it's best if she stays away because she can't give the yeah. people what they want. And I think it's the same with Margaret. She can't... She doesn't have the ability to give her what she wants because she can't be a sister first ever. Yeah. Um, and Margaret needs that. Um, so, but... Yeah, it's not not in this season. I, I would always love more of them together. I think it's a really interesting dynamic. It's both, you know, brings me sadness and also joy to yeah. see them together. Um, But I, I certainly felt it in that conversation they were having where she's like, you are the most important person to me. And I can believe that just knowing what they've gone through together, like the death of their dad, <clears throat> the way that, yeah, the pain that, Elizabeth felt in denying Margaret her mm-hmm. first love um, and all of that kind of like I, I, I believe it It didn't feel untrue but I think I understand what you're saying
1: the it's funny as well though just to get to that point where she's like Margaret is that low point she's you know had this deliberate overdose and she's like I, you know I'm gonna have to divorce him. And she's expecting Elizabeth to be like, well, you can't. She's mm-hmm. like, no, that's cool. We'll just do it at the same time that this other announcement yeah. happens. And, and Margaret's like, but I'll be the first royal since Henry VIII, whatever it is, to divorce. It's like, mm. eh.
0: yeah. Yeah, that's fine.
1: So, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like 20 years after you were told, no fucking way, this yeah. is not happening. Mm. Mm, nuts. Uh, let's move on to Philip then. Yes. I. But, sorry, I, d-
0: I just. Please? Yeah, want to marinate a little bit more on that. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that's such a big moment for Elizabeth and the crown to mm. be like yeah, like that this is too much damage. I'm not willing to do this again or worse. It's yes, that's is, enough. Now. Is it
1: coincidence that this is now happening in a world where Tommy and Michael are no longer around? Mm. That Martin is mm-hmm. now her yeah. like number one yeah. Well, like. yeah,
0: it's – and I don't think it's coincidence. No. I think it's absolute influence, which is amazing. But I also think, you know, we're in a world where previously I think if Mountbatten and her mummy um, would have, you know, been conspiring behind her back, mm-hmm. she would have gone along with it or been yeah. a participant much more than what she was. Whereas now she's like, I don't, I don't want to keep hurting people um, as – Because I think, like, if it didn't come out that Camilla was with Parker Bowles, Mm -hmm. um, she wouldn't have let any of that happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think she's learnt and she's seen the damage that's been done and she doesn't want to continue it. And she is around people that respect her opinion much more than um, Tommy and Michael. Yeah, my Michael, I yeah.
1: and so yeah, she. You think about back to like season one and two, and even into start of season three. and She's such a vessel for just like, you know, she's been. That's that's the thing. I wish, I hope she comes to grip with grips with at some stage. This whole thing is like my role is to do nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just don't believe that. Ultimately, it's like if you're in this role and this idea is that you are like coronated as the embodiment of this religion or whatever. Mm. Right, you're touched by the divine, Mm -hmm. surely what you say Mm -hmm. has to be sacrosanct. Yeah. Like, it's just as important. And as she gets more into this role and more experienced and the people that she's working with now come from below her rather than above her and mm. are less experienced and she's the experienced one, she's going to get more and more power and more power to say, no, Dickie, you can fucking tell Charles that he's not going to be yeah. with this girl. And, oh, yeah, no, she's going to get divorced and we're going to be cool with it, all right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. that's the power that she has always Absolutely. had but has been denied yeah. of her.
0: And I think, yeah, that the fear of the unknown surrounding, like, personal choice and individualism yeah. is, I think it's always going to be a part of her, that of fear course. because of what she experienced course, and yeah, because of fucking David. Um, but I think as she gets older and she experiences um, the negative side effects of the unchanging, mm-hmm. uh, she's, as she's seen how much it has hurt the people around her, she, you know, she's, she, I think realizes that there, that there are places where it's gone too far. 100%. Margaret, obviously hurting herself to that extent because she's been stuck in this fucking terrible marriage, yeah.
1: Should we move on to Philip? Yes. Uh, for, as much as I enjoy Princess Alice coming to the palace, that, that sounds that was nice to say. Mm. Um,
0: <laughs> Tongue twister. Princess Alice go oh, to the palace.
1: Were you particularly invested in Philip's mummy issues uh, in Bobbikins' episode?
0: Bobbikins? Um No. No, no, I wasn't. I I, th- I think like the history stuff is cool, and like as I was watching it, just like kind of googling that family because mm. I think that stuff is fascinating. Um, his relationship with his mummy, um, not so much. Mm. Um, yeah, like spoilers. It's my least favorite episode. Oh, actually, no, it's not. It's but not. it was a contender. Sure. Um,
1: it was up there for me as well. Yeah. And just in general, the whole documentary thing, as much as, like, it's revealing the idea of, like, the more we show this family, somehow, the more, Mm -hmm. and we, like, that that ongoing problem of trying to uh, be relevant, Mm -hmm. but also we have to keep up this curtain of mystery. Yeah. And like this to and fro of trying to stay relevant but not make yeah. yourself- Because that's the thing is like, too much. yes, it's so hard. they
0: are people. Yeah. But you've always got to remember, they're fucking weirdos. <laughs> like they are so weird. Because like, how could you not be? Wilson's
1: conversation with Elizabeth is fantastic here. It's like, it's like we don't know what we want. Yeah. But, we, you, but you're an ideal, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, you have to keep that. Yeah. This idea, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
0: yeah, don't give us too much because then we're going to be like, well, I don't want that. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Ooh. yeah.
1: Yeah, that he's he plays that out so well. Mm-hmm. Again, fucking loved
0: he's So that. good.
1: Just, there's not... Uh, yeah, we'll come we'll, back we'll to that. We'll get that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh So we'll move on from that. I think there's a whole lot to talk about with the whole mummy stuff. It reflects back on, like, all his thing, like, from his childhood when we did that in season two. Mm. Moondust, however, mm. I thought was a very, very, very good Philip episode. And maybe mm. that, again, comes from the male experience.
0: I think so. Maybe, um, yeah. And
1: maybe I am... Finding more to like reflect Mm -hmm. on there, but I thought it was a great performance from Tobias Menzies the whole way through. Always great,
0: I cannot fault his performance.
1: But watching, I believed his enthusiasm and his passion for the moon landing, Mm. I believed his emotion about that. I certainly agreed with him about how fucking boring going to church is. By the way, <laughs> wasn't that an episode of The Simpsons where Homer's like, well, I'm going to do something better with my uh, hour he every stays Sunday? Home, he,
0: yeah, sleeps all- and he has those awesome bear slippers that i always wanted to have, <laughs> yeah.
1: um, But just to, it is such a wonderful, introspective, vulnerable episode. The him meeting, the excitement he has for meeting the Apollo yeah. 11 astronauts... Mm-hmm. And that scene is so brilliant, where he gets to meet them, and like he's not sure what to ask them. He's asking these bigger questions that they could never answer anyway. And then just the utter disappointment mm. at meeting your heroes. These,
0: I love the sneezing cutting. In. Like oh. you see him trying to ask questions, and you just hear you just hear sneezing. They're just so
1: like, mortal. Yeah, these, these people, these built up mm. to be, you know, giants among men. Mm. And to be totally vulnerable. They've all got colds. Yeah. And they're just boys who were just fascinated about living in a massive palace. <laughs> like they look at his <laughs> How life many roots and go. Do you have? Yeah. They've just all oh, they like that mission was just them doing their job. And now they're back, they're like, holy fuck, man, what's it like to be like Rich and mm. live in a palace like this? Yeah. And
0: it's good because you can kind of see like young Philip, Matt Smith's Philip, yeah, sitting on that couch with them and ha- and being the same way. Like that boyish enthusiasm and, yeah, this lack of understanding of, yeah, bigger concepts.
1: Mm. But then to get to that point where he returns to the, what do you want to call that? The, the rectory? The, or, or the school? The, no, the 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 priest has started like that. Um, would you call it a school? It's like a... Well,
0: it, that's what it is, I believe. It's an academy of school, Yeah.
1: Anyway, this place for burnt-out mm. priests to go and sort of... <laughs> Refill their cups. Yeah, at so first speak. I was
0: like, oh, I don't want to like hang out with these dudes. And I was like, got to remember they're not Catholic.
1: <laughs> so it's fine. Um, but to, to have him go back there and to, when he's there the first time he goes in, he's listened to them just like- you know, he wants. He's a man of action. You got to go out there. Mm. Not, you know, mm. there's no point sitting around talking about our feelings and moping yeah. about it. No
0: wonder you're all so unhappy. And start start by cleaning these floors, which I loved as he walked out. Yeah,
1: sure. And then to return mm. and go, well, I do need fixing. And no amount action is not the solution here. This isn't a. This is just me coming to terms with my inadequacies as I get older. He's, mm. This I think it's one of the best examples of like a realistic interpretation of a midlife crisis mm-hmm. and. I just was really impressed by the way that story was told mm-hmm. and what ultimately it was saying. it just where it got to where it comes down to him having a conversation with other men about how he fucking feels. We've talked about toxic masculinity dozens of times. <laughs> it comes up all the time in um, TV, probably because there are so many men writing um, TV and films these days. But the, it was another great example of how to approach that. Yes. And I hope relatable and directed people towards doing the same thing it's, it's this the conversation seems to be evolving it's no longer just that um you can't talk about your emotions it's that there are programs and stuff out there for you to mm-hmm. reach out to got, got you know to he cre- ended up being very invested in this and has become lifelong f- friends with the other the priest or the minister or if you want to call them and has been actively a part of that academy ever since whatever you want to call it and those things exist and they are useful and you should go and spend time. I don't know. Just thought it was a really good episode. It was the best, by far the best Philip episode we've had, mm-hmm. in my opinion.
0: Yes, it was. Cool. Mm. I, I, yeah, I just didn't quite connect with it in totally that way. Totally understand. Which is fine. And that like,
1: fine. I'm not quite up to my midlife crisis, yeah. <laughs> but... TikTok, it, you're getting
0: there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: you're going to get there. Uh, but you can, I can definitely relate to... Yeah, it was. I thought it was very, very relatable. Yeah, I, I
0: certainly related to... Obviously, we've entered a different phase of our lives. We've, yeah. we've hit 30 now. Um,
1: oh, we're getting old. And so,
0: yeah, the transition of you have all these like big ideas of mm-hmm. what life is. And as you hit, you get a bit older and it's a little narrower than you thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to adjust mentally to that.
1: What about Prince Charles?
0: Ah, oh, Charles. What a sweetie. I had no idea. Bit of a weirdo. Of course he's a weirdo. <laughs> of course he is. But I I love that. I've never seen a representation of him where they speak about his creative side mm. or that he is like, he's like the the art freak in the family, yeah. which I love, which I can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed the child stuff and I was certainly invested in what was happening with him. Um
1: I've never seen him presented in a way that made me empathetic towards him in yes. any sense ever. Yeah, like I, spoke I wrote- to a
0: deeper understanding of who he is. I've only seen like the end result because obviously totally. when all of the stuff with Diana was happening, we were very little, very mm-hmm. very little. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've only seen him as like kind of this older man, mm-hmm. um, kind of this who was always presented to me as being very cold mm-hmm. and very kind of of, of the royal family. Yep, like definitely. I had no idea that he didn't particularly fit in mm-hmm. um, or that he was on the outer in any way. I had no idea about that because um, I was always presented, it was him and the royal family versus Diana. That's mm-hmm. that's all I knew. Um, so, to see him as a young man um, taking a different path in what, just simply what he was interested in, mm-hmm. how he expresses himself, um, I was fascinated by it and like, yeah. Was, yeah, empathetic, which I didn't expect.
1: I certainly had no idea about his relationship with Camilla Parker, Camilla,
0: mm. who was
1: not Camilla at the time, not Parker Bold at the time. Um, Shand, I think? Shand, yeah. Mm. Did not realize, but I suppose that makes sense in these circles how long they'd known each other for. Like, yeah. that, that there was any sort of like romantic
0: mm. entanglements
1: at that stage in his life. I, yeah, I knew
0: be. that they had dated before. Right. Yeah, but I. Didn't exactly know what happened
1: there. Yeah, For me, though, like the standard episode here and one of the best episodes of the season, perhaps. Uh, and, oh boy, why am I even trying this? Taiwi uh, Sogmuria, the Welsh episode.
0: Nailed it, though. Yeah, I know. Well done. Prince
1: of Wales, it translates to. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a perfect... Again, it was a history lesson in terms of like the... Uh, relationship between Wales and the rest of the United Mm -hmm. Kingdom and England to the royal family about being under that monarchy, Mm -hmm. the title of Prince of Wales and how that's been given to um, Charles. Yeah. Where that all started from anyway. But especially I just thought it was a great example of what it means to show actual respect. Mm -hmm. Like to look at a a place or a people or a culture Mm -hmm. and to pay it due respect, to show actual interest in their history, to listen to them and to communicate with them about what they actually fucking care about.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, so it powerful. Great. It was really... I was so invested in that speech, so yes. much so that when it turned to like just when he was talking, there was music over it. I was like, I just want to listen to the speech, guys. Um, yeah, right. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought it was wonderful and the conversations he was having with his professor mm-hmm. and... You know, that when he says, you know, do you know how humiliating that was? That you didn't know who these people were?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and we have, we have paid you all of this respect. When, by the way, you haven't earned it. Yeah. But we have paid you so much respect and you sit at our table and you don't know who these people are. Fucking hell. And you haven't been to the library. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, yeah, he needed to be spoken to like that. He needed to understand what how important respect is and what respect is mm. um yeah, and i I really, really enjoyed the relationship that he built with the teacher
1: mm-hmm.
0: um I loved the history lesson yeah i it was just kind of obviously, I knew Welsh people had a different language,
1: yeah, um but to see it like i I was very very it was very cool to just let that be a feature like mm, to really mm-hmm. uh dive into it yep. and not like oh to now To see
0: a family just speaking totally, it i was like right? oh of course it's like any other language yeah. of course it's so important of course you'd want to be speaking it at home mm-hmm. and to understand really understand why an englishman being the prince of wales mm-hmm. why that is so hurtful um and the yeah the history of it why it would make you furious mm-hmm. to have to teach that guy, um, like the the broken promise, yeah, um, and what that represents—the betrayal.
1: Yeah, uh, I just thought it was a beautiful episode that mm-hmm. one, me and too. the ending when he goes back to Buckingham Palace and he's talking with Elizabeth and Mummy, I have a voice. Mm-hmm. Let me <gasps> oh let you God. in on a secret. Nobody wants to hear it, and, she, and he's like Elizabeth,
0: the country or my family, no one. <laughs> Yeah. Fucking hell. No one. Oh, my... Not even you. Oh, that was so brutal. Yeah. Oh, it was really... It was quite upsetting. Did that
1: fit for you? Does that track for Elizabeth? Obviously, she is that... She can be very emotionally disconnected. We've already talked about Mm. that. Did that track that... Do you think that she would be that cruel to Philip? Well... To Charles, sorry?
0: Yeah. It's hard because I think we have grown so much affection for her. But I... I think, I can't remember who she's speaking to, um, but I think David. Mm. And he's like, oh, I can't remember. And she's like, You don't think he'd do a good job? And she's like, I never said that. Mm. Um, but I think one thing we know about Elizabeth is she is quite led by fear. Yeah. And I think she is genuinely terrified that he can't do it. And so she wants to get rid of that thing that she thinks is a weakness because yep. in the past it has been, particularly. Um, when it comes to the institution. Yep. Um, so, I think she wants to beat it out of him. Mm. She really... Because she's very scared of it. Yeah. So, in that sense, it does track. Do I want my Elizabeth saying things like that? No. 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 But yeah, I think it, yeah, that level of fear makes sense. Yeah.
1: How did you feel about Charles's relationship with David?
0: Hated it. <laughs> well, no, I didn't hate it. What I hated was not in that episode, but in the later one... The comparison, yeah, of
1: that's really the love stories.
0: Because after what we learnt about David, yeah. in season two is like the betrayal.
1: They keep is talking not about it being the love, the div- boy the divorce or it's whatever. whatever it's
0: the betrayal is that he fucking betrayed his country. Yeah, yeah. he was what do they call it a turncoat. He was working with the Nazis yeah. to help them bomb fucking london
1: yeah
0: to To reinstate him his plan was to overthrow his brother and give the nazis fucking england
1: oh uh, uh, europe i think europe yeah
0: so that he could be king yeah like that was the who i don't give a fuck about that love story i really don't and i don't like the comparison
1: is this the problem though where that's not common knowledge though at this stage i
0: understand that like I understand why Charles sees himself in David. Yeah, but it felt like the show forgot. Forgot. Yeah. Why I don't like David that much? I, why I, I, did I don't? This.
1: As soon as he fucking showed up. Yeah, I was like, fuck was like, off, go away,
0: fuck off. And I was watching it that specific episode with my mum. Yeah. And when Elizabeth goes to see him, and he's on his deathbed, and he gets up, and he's you know dresses, he gets dressed and stuff, and she's like, oh. God, that's that's pretty strong to do that. I'm like, it's not strong. He, that guy is all show. Mm. Like, I just like, I do not think favorably of him at all. No, I've got no. And time. And I've got no time for his fucking wife
1: either. No. Like, I just,
0: I'm like, fuck so these Nazis. You,
1: so now, is this? At what point <laughs> is that the show? Right, mm. and like, it's different to talk about reality, right? We can't really know exactly what these people's motivations are, yeah. but the show definitely presents presents it like David and his wife are like poisoning Charles, right? They look at them. Mm. They He sees a, a familiarity or a similarity there and they're like, mm. let's make sure we turn him yeah. against the rest of well, the family. The,
0: I can't remember the wife's name. Neither can I. Um, that Nazi bitch. <laughs> um, and she, Wallace, I think they call Wallace, it. That's Wallace, that's it. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah, and she says to... So she said that Nazi bitch, I was like, oh, awesome. <laughs> She says to Charles, you're like, you know, your family are... The bad thing mm-hmm. they are the bad thing and he's like oh well you know they don't mean any harm and she's like they do actually they absolutely do so yeah and then you know after the funeral he's going to dartmouth he turns around and he sees them differently now mm-hmm. he really does see them differently um and he thinks that he has replaced david yes which i don't think is true
1: well certainly I, it doesn't I, have to be but yeah th- i think
0: they have an opinion of charles But I don't think they look at him and see David. I
1: don't think so either. Although, as you said, Elizabeth, very much led by fear, certainly sees the potential for David there um, and worries about that. Mm -hmm. I did think uh, that Charles's speech about, you know, waiting to become, you know, if God should allow it, him Mm. to become king. Just talking to him about what sort of king he'll be and stuff like that um, and writing down what he'll do as king. It's just so ironic, Cause like what is it now? Yeah,
0: he's like, it's all he? about waiting. It's all about
1: waiting. He's like, yeah. keep waiting, buddy. Just keep waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Still waiting. Yeah.
0: It's yeah, it's interesting to see like that young man who is like, no, I'm going to be different and I'm going to have a voice. And then being in that family and part of that institution for so long and how just chip, chip, chip away at that and realizing it's like, yeah, I'm not going to be that person because it you can't really be that person in this family or with the crown. Um but it is nice kind of to see to see the the beginning and end of their first iteration of their relationship, Camilla and Charles, and the sadness of that and how it's just gonna get sadder and more mm. complicated. But to know they're married now. They they, they do they do get to be together. It's a very messy road, but it's It's nice that they eventually got there.
1: Uh, Finally, we haven't talked properly about this yet. Harold Wilson, played Mm. by Jason Watkins, the Prime Minister for most of this season, except for that other guy that comes in for a bit. Who's a fucking turd. Oh, who's no one ever that
0: ridiculous English voice, which makes me laugh. Yeah,
1: Um, I think uh, seeing him come right
0: is that why he never got married.
1: I don't know. There was some certainly it seemed like there were aspersions to that, but yeah. no, nothing was really said. There mm. was because we always talk about his hands, mm-hmm. right, and how smooth they were yeah. and that sort yeah, of stuff.
0: Delicate little hands. Yeah.
1: Mm. So certainly, I think they were casting a you know yeah suspicion or suspicion aspersion whatever you want to call it yeah. there. suggesting that, but I don't yeah. think it was ever said outright. Mm. Uh, but Wilson comes in and like. Just so different mm-hmm. from what we've come to expect from the previous three prime ministers we've had yeah. um, in season one and two, and that relationship, that initial standoffishness, the suspicion about him being <laughs> like a Russian a spy,
0: which makes me laugh, which made which was hard, I think, because that was the first episode,
1: yeah, first episode.
0: Because I'm like, why have they made Elizabeth a dum dum? <laughs> like it really, like I was like, what? But then
1: spoilers: the first episode is my least favorite episode. Yeah. Because it great. just feels yeah. slight. It's like, apart from that opening. It felt
0: silly to me. And I was like, silly I don't know what we're doing. And
1: yeah. like, the reality is that there was this spy living inside Buckingham Palace is sensational and mm-hmm. cool. But there, it just didn't have a lot to say about that, really, except to go, there's a spy. Mm-hmm. Is it Wilson? No, it wasn't. It was this yeah. other guy. I think, yeah, mm-hmm. if we had
0: spent time with. That, like the actual relationship between her and this man that lived the
1: curator, the art curator. lived at the
0: palace, hmm. uh, was in their lives and you know had obviously like taught her a lot about art because she does she feels dumb in a lot of ways because she sure. doesn't know a lot she didn't have a formal education, um, so for, see that developed relationship and then th- that betrayal and what that would feel like that would have been more of an interesting aspect than the queen. Has silly suspicions about the prime minister, mm-hmm. and it turns out it's this guy. Yeah,
1: but just overall, I think he—it's a beautiful portrait. He—it's a fantastic performance from Jason Watkins mm. as this the, the the wonderful accent he has. Um, the 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 difference in in them as well when they're at the gallery at the end of episode 1 though and he's talking about like he's a numbers man like oh, art yeah. doesn't make sense to him like this is not he's Straightforward. economics yeah. you know he's an accountant by trade um, She's and like, said so that's so <laughs> <laughs> okay. that's how he sees the world mm. but then he also has this innate ability to understand the political dynamics of a situation. So when the abafan stu- stuff happens, mm. he instantly knows like how this is going to come back and affect us.
0: Yeah. Everything's political.
1: Everything's political. Don't think for a second that this isn't, mm-hmm. and we need to be on the front foot about this. But then to make very smart decisions as a leader as well, like, then we'll walk. When they're told, like, we can't go any further. Yeah. It's like, get He's the fuck out. He's a great leader. We'll- he is so good as mm-hmm. a leader of that country yeah. and doing things that innately that Elizabeth doesn't seem to be able to do innately at this stage. Mm. Um, It's hard not to just really fall for the guy. Yeah,
0: and it's great because they do have this thing in common where they are very straightforward people, Mm. but he obviously has a lot more emotional intelligence than she does, but I think he can relate to her in that kind of straightforward, not being a gushy person, Mm -hmm. I guess, but he can talk her through emotional things and they are able to develop that together, which is Their so important for her. Their conversations are
1: fantastic. Yeah. There's a real... Um, There's
0: friendship and it's wonderful to see.
1: To the point where that ending bit, oh where he's been re Was I
0: hysterically crying? Of course I was. It was beautiful.
1: <laughs> well, just the first bit, the tragedy of him finding out he has oh. Alzheimer's and so not Ooh. being able to stay in office for that reason. Ooh. But then the moment where she... Because I I do love I'm really loving the iconic nature of that button right yeah. that she presses when that's like our oh, meetings the over there oh the mic here.
0: drop in all yeah that was so yeah
1: but then when he's leaving and then <clears throat> stopping him and going you know would you be so inclined to invite us to dinner yeah, at like Downing Street something yeah. over only ever extended to
0: and I love the look on his face he's like but that's only ever been for Churchill and she's like. We would like it. We would very much like it. And he's like, we didn't say me and the missus, but what? Yeah, we would very much like it. Me and Mrs. Wilson would very much like it as well. Fuck. Oh my god. Well, broke I was, me. I was like, this is
1: so beautiful. Is. They're
0: best friends, <laughs> and they're best friends forever.
1: Ah! It's a wonderful. Mm. The, the season ultimately, I think, a love letter to him.
0: I think when it comes to Wilson, we really see how important that relationship is for her. And obviously, like people come and go, but when she has someone that is a true companion. Because they are companions. Like they go, her and the role of Prime Minister, they go through life together. And so, yeah, we do see how important it is when she has a friend, someone to really talk to through, you know, the highs and lows of the nation. It's, yeah, it's is lovely to see just how important that relationship is and what it, how awful it is when she has to hang out with someone who's shit.
1: It's a very smart way to like anchor the entire show Mm -hmm. is like around these dynasties of prime ministers, Churchill first, and then the rest of those couple of conservative prime ministers after him. And then now Wilson. Mm. And knowing that, I mean, this is how there's that play as well. Um, I think the audience um, which is they're on the same creative team had Helen Mirren oh, playing the saying. Queen as well yeah. and that was all about these conversations with the Prime Minister yes. along the way mm-hmm. it is just a very excellent like this constant and then these different sort of yeah. eras throughout that it's very very clever fucking Margaret Thatcher's coming up next <laughs> oh, season oh yeah
0: I keep forgetting about that
1: that is going to be another
0: lady dynamite mm. Yeah, that is going to be really interesting. Are they going to make me like Margaret Thatcher? I fucking hope not.
1: I doubt it. Good. (laughs) I doubt it.
0: Any last words?
1: Final thoughts.
0: That's why you always leave a
1: note. Uh, Do you have any side notes to mask? I don't. All right. Very quickly. Princess Anne, we didn't talk about, because she doesn't have a lot to do this season, apart from just loving that performance from Erin Doherty. Mm -hmm. I also just think, like, As a duo with Philip and then as a duo with Charles, Mm. they were really interesting reflections. She's so similar to Philip in so many ways. There's a real camaraderie there. Oh, they love each other, yeah. They love each other. Philip's
0: just like obsessed with her. (laughs) He thinks she's great. Um, I did love the scene when she's called in for that meeting about Charles and Camilla. And she walks in. She's like, oh, Christ, what's this about? And she sits down there, obviously, like... And the Queen Mum's just like, you know, we need you to answer in a very calm, collected way. And she's like, as opposed to, like, how hysterical I am normally? Like, just that conversation. And then as she leaves, she's like, I hope that wasn't too hysterical for you fucking or whatever it was. But if fucking so made me laugh. she makes me laugh.
1: And just, like, even... She often doesn't have lines, but she'll be in a scene. It just mm. gives a wry smile or rolls around, yeah. whatever it might be. Her presence is... Yeah. Really appreciate it. I also
0: it. love that actress when she is singing um, to David Bowie. Yes, it's And the hysterical. accent is so funny. So <laughs> funny. so like rigid and tight and it was just... It made me Star laugh a lot. Oh, mum.
1: <laughs> so good. Uh, I also just like your introduction as well. It's like the... Um, Philip is on the intercom. It's like, mm. sweetie, <laughs> sweetie. And then it's like, uh, no, not me. I'm afraid. I'm darling or cabbage. Sweetie is someone else. And then enter. Yeah. And,
0: uh, <laughs> I'm darling or cabbage.
1: The, I already said I really like that cheeky opening. That's very clever. It is. Just that like. It made me laugh. Don't show Olivia Common face for a while. Have the two portraits. <laughs> uh, comment on, you know, the how she's changed. Yeah. And that line agreed to many changes. Nothing one can do about it. One just uh, has to get on with it, which is a great way of just saying to the audience, don't fucking yeah, don't think about, about it too much. <laughs> yes, it's been six months, she's aged 20 years, but <laughs> move on. Um, we got a little bit of Winston returning as well, we very did. briefly, mm. just for one quite sad scene. R.I.P. Yep. But it was like a nice transition out of mm. Claire Foy era into mm. yeah. Olivia yeah. Colman era, I thought. What
0: was, what was the line? She's like, Great
1: Britain's Greatest Britain Greatest Richella. Britain That was very good mm. uh, We're being filmed Watching television That people at home <laughs> Might watch us Watching television uh, On their own Televisions at home This really is Plumbing new depths Of banality Take that Gogglebox Princess <laughs> Margaret Is after you
0: Look did, I mean We're people Talking about TV But that's fine Because um, we're not filmed
1: <laughs> Yeah take that Hunting seasons
0: <laughs> Don't watch Our Firefly Episode <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, You're it, not, we're
1: not actually watching television comedy on it. True. That's true. We're,
0: we're an intellectual version of it. Um, of Gogglebox. No, but do I watch Gogglebox like clips? Yeah. <laughs> sure, I do. On Facebook when I'm trying not to do an assignment. Absolutely, uh-huh. I'll do that.
1: Uh, I also just liked when uh, in the Moondust episode, you know, Philip's struggling with his like midlife crisis. These dull, dull things he's going, talking to the concrete society or the wooden wool and textile delegation. Fucking hell. I love that one just where it's just a- like,
0: is that a joke? Or uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like a concrete award or something, yeah.
1: Um, oh, poor guy, that sucks. I think that's really it for side notes. What was your least favourite episode, Damask?
0: My least favourite is actually the same as yours. It's episode one. Holding. I, I just wasn't ready. and like One, I wasn't ready. And two, it wasn't that interesting and I- at that stage, was like I don't think I like Olivia Coleman's Queen, which yeah. was upsetting to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's an it's an awkward transition. As much as that cheeky opening tries to like smooth it over with some humor or whatever, mm. it is a weird change, and it it's just a lot to ask the audience to go to disconnect from what Claire Foy has done mm. for two seasons, fabulously for yeah. two seasons, and then going here is this new person who we know you'll love, but it, it is an awkward transition. I think you feel that, and I just think as far as an episode goes, it's like. One of the things I did like about this season, a lot of shorter episodes, like 45 mm-hmm. minutes, some of them. Yep. But it's a nothing episode in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Like the whole spy thing is a non-event. He has that conversation. It's a good, I guess, start to the Wilson and Elizabeth mm-hmm. um, relationship. Yeah, it's
0: not, it, I guess, well, I don't love the. I think he's a spy thing. I yep. do like the... Oh, we've got a Labour PM. Mm-hmm. We don't match up. Oh, look, we actually do in a lot of ways. Yeah. I like that, um, but I think it's.
1: I always thought you were bleeding heart liberal, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All. yeah secret yeah. lefty or whatever. Secret lefty. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then he has that conversation. The the spy guy, the curator, has that conversation with Philip, Philip. about Those what happened with photos. the osteopath mm. or the portraits, mm. and it's um. I was like, "Oh, are they building something here? Is this a... Are we reigniting that mm. that stick of dynamite? Not really. No. Okay. Cool. Maybe just the show's explanation for why the guy was able to stick around for so long before he was kicked finally, you know, finally retired or whatever. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite episode, Damask?
0: My favorite episode was episode six. It was Charles' episode when he goes to.
1: Do you want to try and say the title? Sure, I'll I'll give it a whack. Um- a whack.
0: <laughs> well, it's going to sound like a whack coming out of my mouth. Um, Tywisog Simr.
1: That was better than I, I think that I did. You did pretty good. That was pretty sick. I, I was very convinced you were Welsh. Then <laughs> I'm sorry to any Welsh <laughs> listeners. Don't mean any disrespect.
0: I hope I didn't accidentally say something truly terrible.
1: <laughs> In Who knows what language? Yeah, exactly. Maybe not even Welsh. Uh, yeah. Why? Why that episode?
0: I well, it gave me a, a new perspective on Charles. Well, this is the. I think some of like. The Crown's best episodes, uh, you learn more about the people we're mm-hmm. meant to care about and you learn more about the world and history and all that jazz. Yeah. When those two things fuse together, that's when I think this show is at its best and it's the prime example of that. I grew to really care about Charles and his relationship with his professor. Um, I loved to see him kind of like slowly become more of a, a man, yep. more of a, an adult, I should say. A leader. A leader, yeah. Mm. Um with his own unique perspective, uh, it made me happy. It also broke my heart um, that his mum is quite awful to him. Um, yeah, there was uh, – yeah, I, I love Charles in that and I'm worried about next – Season or season five,
1: yeah. It, it's a terrific episode. I think it's a, you easily you just pull it out, show it to anybody. It'd be hard to ha- not mm-hmm. appreciate what this show is doing yep. at that point. It's such a well-told, mm. complete story. However, as much as I love that episode, mm-hmm. I'm going to give my favorite episode to episode two, Margaretology. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly my favorite episode of the whole series so far. Wow. I, I maybe maybe it was in reflection also of um, the first episode sort of being a bit of a disappointment. Mm-hmm. That one was just like, it was so entertaining. Mm. It was so meaningful. It said so much about Margaret and Elizabeth
0: mm-hmm. and their
1: role. And it's a continuation a lot of ways of stuff we've devel- delved into in season one and Absolutely. two. Absolutely. But yeah. there was a real joy in watching Margaret have her moment. Mm-hmm. And an equally tragic moment of her being denied any more oh. of that. I love in Perf- that episode
0: at the end when Elizabeth and Philip come out side? Yeah. Having, and you just see like Elizabeth's looking down and Margaret looks across and she knows. Yep. That they just walk past her. Yep, they're not going to engage with her. Yeah. Yep. Oh again.
1: Good choice. It's perfect. Beautiful storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any predictions, hopes or concerns for season four or further along?
0: Um, I know for, I'm going to speak to season five, the Diana stuff because I don't know what happens historically in well, he's the He's going to meet Diana at some he stage. He is. Yeah, I'm just... I'm interested to see more of what that actually looked like from the inside, as opposed to tabloid headlines, which sure. is what we got here and what I saw as a kid. Um, <clears throat>
1: it, it's we're getting we're starting to get into an era that we recognise, yes, which is going to be interesting. interesting. Like we weren't around during, or we were maybe very early on, very late into the Thatcher era.
0: I don't remember I think, anything I of think, Thatcher. Yeah. yeah.
1: We might have just been born at the very end of the right. Thatcher era or not long after. Yeah. Um, and I
0: wasn't that politically involved then, so.
1: <laughs> really?
0: <laughs> Surprisingly, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was too busy shitting in my own pants.
1: But certainly that's a shadow that looms large over hmm. the British Prime Minister sort of history mm-hmm. and into our, we're getting close to stuff that we're going to recognise, which is going to be an interesting time for us as well. And we're still going to learn lots, I'm sure. Yeah, but it's going to start to feel familiar as mm. well, which is going to be fascinating. Yes,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think when we go into stuff that was discussed in the Queen. Yeah, um, I need to watch the Queen probably before so I get to good. that. I should make it's really a really good. I should make a point to do that. Uh, that was that the first moment when I felt really. Real sympathy and empathy for the Queen. Sure. Um, yeah, because I didn't really know that much about it before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm interested to see what happens when we get to that
1: point in history. Obviously, it's a while since you watched that. How do you feel like, because it's the same creative team mm. behind it- it's Very simil- similar. Do you feel like you could just jump into it and feel like, okay, this is just an advanced episode of- the crown. Like as someone who's watching mm. The Crown now, really appreciate, it, loving it in fact. Yeah. Really can't get over how much I enjoy the show.
0: We've in the show, we've been given more opportunity to see the softer side mm-hmm. of Elizabeth. Um so she's still she's quite hard mm-hmm. in the Queen. Um, but there's also good reason because it's during a period of time when some really fucked up shit is happening and mm-hmm. she's having to handle it as a queen as a mother and as a grandmother and mm-hmm. it's re- it's difficult and she and the fucking hell the UK and the world press really just fucking go to town on her it's we, awful you are yeah. starting
1: to see the <clears throat> like there's a bit where margaret when she's away in the last episode mm. and like the guy sneaking with the camera in the bush to take photos. Mm. And it's like you can really feel the presence of like the it's tabloid changing. media and yep. the paparazzi starting to show up and stuff like that mm. as well. Yeah, I'm interested to meet Diana. i mean, interested- Difference
0: from like when her Elizabeth and Philip had the fight in Australia. Yes. And they gave over the hundred percent, right? Now they don't that give would over be the footage.
1: Yeah. Fucking front page, not just tabloids, it'd be front page of like mm. every newspaper yep. and leading Oh, story online yeah. everywhere. It'd be crazy.
0: Because like, before, like, you would never publish a photo of some of the, one of the royal family in their bathers like yeah. that. Um, but, yeah, I guess slow degradation of the respect or seeing them as divine.
1: Or even just journalistic standards, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, very, very interested to see Gillian Anderson's Margaret Thatcher. I think that's a mm, pretty great cast. I casting. forgot.
0: Yes. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Do that's gonna be fun watching those two. Olivia play Coleman against and Julie Dumber. Anderson but in yeah. fucking room. Oh, can they bring out a season now? I love this show. I just want I, I just always set. want a season of it to watch.
1: Seri- now that we've caught up and yeah. we've done it over a very, you know, small period of time and like I didn't think I was ever gonna dislike it. Mm. I really can't get over how much yeah. I love the show. I genuinely <laughs> so think it's one of the best shows on television, definitely one of the best made shows on television mm. currently. It is mm-hmm. A fantastic example of what long-form television storytelling can do. It's so good. Yeah. Um, Do you think, because now we've had like, we had a little bit of um, Winston and we had a bit of Tommy. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's a chance we'll ever see Claire Foy, Matt Smith, Vanessa Kirby, any of those actors play their roles ever again?
0: Maybe at the end. Mm -hmm. We might have like a, a cute little flashback or something, but I don't think so.
1: What if I told you?
0: What? Is there a movie? <laughs> What's happening? What's going on? Oh my god! It's like Christmas. What? No. There's, oh. Uh, you build me up to bring spoilers
1: for season four, but there has been a photo recently leaked of Claire Foy. Uh,
0: we got a flashback.
1: Doing getting a flashback, and she came back to do the role.
0: Oh fuck yeah!
1: And that's got me
0: rock hard right now. I know, oh, right? My
1: god. I lit. I was. I found this last night as I was doing some research. Speaking
0: of rock hard, is, is Margaret coming back?
1: No Please? idea. No, I uh, don't know. Okay. They're, it's just Claire Boy. But But I was wondering that this season even, because uh, I think in season two, there's a bit where um, we see a little bit of King George again, very mm, briefly. That's right, yep. um, And so I was like, oh, there's always the possibility of this happening, right? They could always do a flashback of these characters and mm. um, with these actors in those roles. Well, we see
0: a photo of, of them young laughing. Sure. Of, there, yeah. there are photos yeah, and stuff like that. Which I like.
1: There's a couple of little things there. Mm. But I... I could. I was so excited when I saw it. I realized. (laughs) I realized how much I really do miss Claire Foy in that role because I I I loved it so much. And so even just, it's kind of like when a doctor comes back for just like a little bit in like a doctor episode. (laughs) It's like you get a little bit of tenant or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's Mm. nice just to to. Oh yeah, they're still there. Yeah, they're still those people. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo and design work comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shawnee Boy Draws. Our theme song and bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordas, on Twitter at bgordas, B-G-O-R-D-E-S, damask.com.
0: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at maskymoo, M A S K Y
1: M O O. Next episode, next week, we'll be back to discuss End of the Fucking World season two, the show that did not need a second season, and yet I am excited to talk about it. I have watched it already. Oh, I haven't. Um, watched it in a couple of nights, and it's I'm fascinated to talk about it. I think it's been okay. really worth a conversation. Thank you. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. <laughs> so quickly <laughs>